Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Kingdom of Honor, and this is your host, Shane Sabunia, Zanman here on a Wednesday night for once, and uh, here with my good buddy, Jeff. Are you there, Jeff? I am. Cool. And we're going to do something that we, uh, you know, sorry for the wait notice, everyone. We just kind of put this together on the fly. Um, we're going to do something that we've never done before, which is we're going to watch along with an event while we are, uh, while we're, uh, covering it and we're going to comment on the show but then also talk about other things during the show as well because we're multi-talented like that i i don't know if i'd go that far okay we can talk and shoot guns at the same time i can't even do that man right now i just like me here right now i would just like for one page of my computer to load just one oh oh nice yeah. So we're going to be watching along with the uh, with live with the War of the World show that's uh, actually st- should be on right now. But I but I had to rush home and oh, it will begin shortly. So I'm not missing anything. Well, that's good. At least you've gotten that far. <laughs> I can't even yeah. get. I can't o- even open the app at this point. Well, you get like, a little bit further to go home to get home than I did. So. Well, no, no, yeah, but I don't know. My it seems like all technology in my house has just decided to go. F- say go fuck yourself and right now I'm sitting at login screens for everything oh perfect yeah so this should be fun yeah and now mine just uh, started loading and then it went right back to we'll begin shortly so okay um, also I also I'm logged out of my Lords of Pain account so I tried to go in there and make, an, make a post for this show and it won't let me and did the washer password and I have not received the washer password link yet in the last oh. 10 minutes so oh well that's good I, I, I'm going to try to do that again, just to make sure that I didn't do it wrong the first time, which you know is unlikely. But. So this is what happens when we do a show on the fly. It is. This is the most technical errors I think I've ever witnessed. <laughs> oh no, sir! We've had plenty of technical errors before. Well, that's good. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Uh, so since I'm we're about, for the show to go ahead, I'm sorry. I'm about to throw uh, Ring of Honor through the window here. Because I cannot log into their website. Oh, fun! Well, you're that. That's you've been throwing a lot of other things lately too. So you know. Yeah. Yes, I have. 
while we're waiting, um, why don't we talk a little bit about uh, uh, the Croc Cup? Yeah, let's do that. I, I'm, I'm going to pull up the the card because I, cause I, I, I don't want to get these names wrong of these of these guys that almost won the damn thing. That's surprised the hell out of me. So. I, I, that's something that I've really got an issue with, to be honest with you. Um, the fact that they, uh, <clears throat> what are they, War Kings? Is that what they are? Yeah. Who, that's pretty much the only NWA take team, and they got bounced in the first round. It makes no sense to me. Well, I think the point of doing that was probably they wanted to ride with the hot p- person, and PCO is so hot in the internet in the independent wrestling world right now. So they probably wanted this, they probably wanted to draw attention to themselves by putting it, you know, just like they did last year with putting the the R- the uh, NWA World Title on Cody, um, and you know, at, at all in, they probably wanted to put it on the hottest tag team out there, not necessarily their tag team. Well, I mean, yeah. and that makes that makes perfect sense, and I I, I agree with doing that. <laughs> My problem is is their treatment of um, what the hell? I'm a member. Why can't I just log in? Why do I have to rejoin? Didn't it do this to you once before? Oh, it hates me. Um, my problem is the fact that they didn't <laughs> give them anything. They literally bounced them in the first round to some upstarts, or not even upstarts. I mean, this was a thrown together tag team that just got together for that night. It, it just that that annoys me that. They have Crimson and Jacks Bane that could be a great. And now I'm already logged in. I I, I hate everything at this point. Just and everything. You, you know what it was telling me that it was going to short, start shortly because it decided to start 32 minutes before the show. So anyway, so now now I actually have it on the screen. So. <laughs> I give up. I give up. So we're oh. starting with PJ Black taking on. Uh, Alex Laughlin from the NJ, NJPW LA Dojo. Oh, cool. Wish I could see it. That's one of those cool things about these ROH shows. Uh, when the NJPW goes on, we get to see the three. Right now, there's only three LA Dojo guys, and we get to see all three of them perform and, and kind of get you know a handle on, on those guys. And, I, and I've, not, been, and I've not, not had any of those three that I've been like really down on yet. So. All right. I'm on. I got it now. You're on? No. Yeah, uh, but now I'm buffering, so this is good. This could be a fun night. So. Yeah, you know, I, I totally understand what you what you what you meant about the War Kings, but but to me, it's I think I think the reason they did that is because that way um, they're not setting up the War Kings taking on Villain Enterprises at the end, and they can save that for for a later time down the road. But so what later? So they, so they don't so they don't have their top you know their their top quote their top tag team taking on the team that they want to win the thing. Um, on the show, so they they can try to set it up for maybe another event later on this year. But five months of of, of promotion, you've got as many eyes as you possibly can on your product at this point. Why not spotlight your top guys? And it's not it's not so much even if they didn't make it to the finals. Say they lost in the second round, I would have been fine with that simply because. The fact that they got bounced when they did by by literally nobodies, and and I mean I, I guess I I can't really call them nobodies. They're more popular than I am, but the fact that they literally bounced them in the first round to a tag team that was thrown together on the fly like that just it's bad booking, really bad booking. And it'd be 
I, I guess it'd be different if they had a weekly show or even a monthly pay-per-view or you know anything where they could promote War Kings, but they don't. They, they don't. This was their shot to get War Kings in front of as many eyes as possible, and they punked them out to nobody's. Which is which? Yeah, I totally, I, to, I, I can totally see where you're coming from on that because they they kind of did the exact opposite with them at the uh, the seventy second anniversary show, right? You know where where they were they kind of destroyed Josephus and uh, who the hell was that that came in? Was was it Crazy Steve? I don't that was remember. Just, remember Josephus? Josephus came down there with uh, with his with his uh, chicky poo and then uh, his spiritual advisor and some other chick. Yeah. And then it turned out to be uh, Crazy Steve and somebody else were his actual team. And War Kings just destroyed them. Right. You know, it, it just it, it it to me it's just bad booking. This kid actually looks pretty good. What's this kid's name? Alex Laughlin. He has a good look to him. He does. A really good look. I agree. And he's standing toe to toe with PJ Black. You know, watching PJ Black, one thing I really do like about him is the fact that he's, since his injury, he's really adapted his style. He's not that high flyer like he was, but he's still able to put on really good matches. Right, and I, you know, I th- and I think probably you know when it's it's probably because kind of a of a feeling out process where he has to see what his body can can do once he is like 100% recovered from that injury. You know what I mean? Cuz you can you can be 100% covered, you know, co- uh uh recovered and medically cleared to compete in a ring, but that still doesn't mean that your body's going to be ready to take all the stuff that you used to be able to do to it. Well, you know? and 100 100% recovered to sit behind a desk and sell insurance is a whole lot different than 100% recovered to do what he's doing. Well, right, I'm sure the doctors you know, take, that in, take that into consideration before they clear him for the ring. I mean, this is how when was his injury? Wasn't it 2000 16 or was it 15? Oh, you're right. I was thinking he had a recent injury, but yeah, you're right. It was a couple of years ago, wasn't it? It was that, yeah, when he damn near died on that, um, uh, what was it, base jumping accident where he hit the right. side of the building and literally rolled down it? Right. And we're, well, we've seen him do crazy shit since then in uh, Lucha Underground, but yeah, in, in ROH, he seems to have toned down his style a bit at least. Well, and even in All In, he was a little bit, a little bit, um, more high tempo, but he just, he does seem like he's a completely different guy than he used to be. It, it's fun to watch him. It's, it's, it's kind of like watching, um, you know, Rey Mysterio as he progressed through his career. You wait, PG, wait, PG Black was at all win. Was he in the, was he in the battle Royal or something? I don't no, remember. remember wasn't he in that first match? Not the, against MJF? No, it was MJF versus Matt Cross. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, you're right. They both have, Weird beards and long hair, so. Yeah, yeah. Matt Cross is the uh, son of uh, what is it? The son of Havoc in Lucha Underground. Right. Yeah. Uh, I shouldn't have confused by confused you by saying Lucha Underground, I suppose. Yeah, I think that might have been what it was. But yeah, but I mean, yeah, he definitely has a different style than when he wrestled in WWE, for sure. Oh, well, that was. <laughs> Too, so that's that's understandable. That was what? But it, that was ten years ago too. So, right. You know, but it's. I mean, it's nice to see these guys that adapt their game as they grow older. Like Jericho has done it so many times. He's not the high flyer he was. And you know, what he kind of reminds me of actually is uh, Jerry Lynn. Yeah, he's even got the body type, the look, everything. 
exactly. And Dwight had to look, and then he's adapted to his game over over time to kind of you know try to push Father Time away as much as as much as possible. Right. Um. Oh, and I like this. He's doing. He's almost doing like a ZSJ type thing here, where he's got the guy bent over, but then he's uh, also doing the joint manipulation on the hand. Oh, you are way behind me. <laughs> oh, am I? <laughs> match is over on my screen. All right, well, this is going to be <laughs> this going to be entertaining. You must have a you must have a delay or something. No, I think you start you, no, I don't have a delay. Remember I told you that it was it started at 32 minutes before, so I had to fast forward and I fast forward to the start of the match where you started oh, I you started, started part, part of the way through, part of the way through. So, yeah. Well, hopefully hopefully the entrances will make up for that at some point. So I can always <laughs> fast forward through entrances, you know. Well, you got a good uh, two, three minutes. You can fast forward here because it's just TJ celebrating and the other dude celebrating. And Oh, okay. Now I get to look at Cole Cabana and Ian Riccoboni. Speaking of Cole Cabana, so, he, so as of the Crockett Cup, he is the new national champion. And apparently the NWA is all pissed off at Willie Mack now. Have you, Why have you seen this? Seen no, this? I haven't seen any of that. So Willie Mack, after losing the NWA national title to uh, Colt Cabana, was offered a big contract by Impact, and so he took the contract with Impact, and he's no longer part of the NWA. And so so now the NWA are all pissed off that they put this time and effort and exposure into Willie Mack, and and he took a (coughs) a contract somewhere else. Well, from my perspective... If you're gonna, you know, that's that's what a wrestler's, um, what the, that's what their currency is is the time, the money, and the exposure. Right. And so, and so, you know, if they're putting in the, if they're they're the ones putting in the effort, you know, they're they're yes, they're they're also, you know, he's he also helps you establish that championship. He's helping you build your brand back up to the, you know, and and if you don't have a way to offer him a long-term contract or exposure on a regular basis. Then there's no. Then you really can't blame that wrestler for going somewhere else that can offer him that. Well, and especially considering um, we're not in the territory days like we used to be. I mean, if you think about it, that's what they did in the NWA for decades in the territory days. Is they build up one character, and then when they move on to the next character, that one would go back to his promotion and you know start from scratch. But my my so, point is simply that I mean Willie Mack can wrestle all over the country if he wants to, but but he's going to be at this spot where you know he's he might be getting all these matches, but who's going to actually see him perform? Well, and speaking you know? of eighty three weeks, it kind of brings you know speaking of that uh, you know him getting exposure and it kind of I just listened to the Brian Pillman episode of eighty three weeks. Okay. And Bischoff explained why Pillman was let go and released and all that and how they were working everybody and he was in on it and Pillman was talking to him every couple of weeks wanting to come back. And um, it's kind of that same theory. If you're not going to have the territory days where all territories are working together, you can't fault a guy for going somewhere else to become a bigger star. If he wants the money, he's going to go be a bigger star somewhere else and then, you know, maybe he'll come back. (laughs) You know, whenever that contract expires and stuff, yeah. I mean, I mean, we're in a spot where you know there's basically like a three-company American bidding war for for talent mm-hmm. um, because the NWA isn't you know really isn't doing that. So I mean, basically, we're looking at you know AEW, Ring of Honor, and um, and uh, uh, Impact. Impact. 
You know, so, so I mean, where, where are you at in this women's match? I, I'm now seeing Kate Carney. Literally, literally just started it. They just rang the bell. All right, so I'm going to fast forward a little bit. So is she wearing like an ammo belt on across her chest, like a bandolier? It, that's what it looked like. Oh, yes. Oh, Velvet, I love you so much. I was just about to say how hot Kelly Klein is, and then Velvet Sky shows up on my screen. Oh, yeah, with Mandy and... Uh, uh, Angelina Love. Angelina Love, yeah. Your wife is Angelina Love? Who said that? Ian Riccoboni? Yeah. Oh, no, he was like, my wife, my wife. So. I wonder if Velvet's still dating Bully Ray. He, she is. Is she? Yeah. And he's doing, and he's uh, apparently doing more and more of the booking now of ROH as well. That would explain a lot. That honestly would. Because I'm starting to see a little more um, of that Paul Heyman type of booking. Yeah. Where they're really, really putting out, or giving people their strength. All right, Angelina Love just got on the mic, and now Velvet is. So I don't know where you're at, but that's where they are, where I am. I think I'm a little bit ahead of you now, actually. <laughs> okay, yeah, Kelly Klein just got kicked in the face. Yeah, so you're, yeah, you're maybe like 15, 20 seconds behind me because because I just saw Kelly take a clothesline. Yep, I just got the clothes on. So. Yeah, but 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 I mean, you know, that's that's the thing with with the national with this national title situation. It's like, you know, and that, and that's the thing we've been talking about with NWA is they they keep having you know they have these shows. They're you know they've been trying to establish their championships, but how do you keep talent unless you're you're Nick Aldis and you can't get it offer anywhere else anyway? You know, I mean. See, and I'm still a fan of Nick Aldis, so that kind of hurts a little bit. I know you are, and I don't understand why. I it just, I don't know. There's it, just something about him. Now, I now I will say that you know he's put on some outstanding matches in the last you know last few months or last six months or so. You know, but that really isn't enough. I mean, he doesn't have the mainstream attention. He does. He really isn't a big name because any big name he would have had would have come from. Impact, and it would have been Magnus, not Nick Aldis. You know, right. um, he does. He doesn't. To me, he doesn't have a lot of charisma. Um, he's he's very well spoken, but but being well spoken doesn't mean he, he really cuts a great promo. Um, so I mean, and he's he, and he has a decent look, but I don't think he has a fantastic look. So you know, it's it's so to me to me there's he might be the best that they can possibly get that will stay with them right now, but that doesn't mean he's he's a great choice. Oh, I. I think given what they've got, he is probably the best choice. I mean, it's not like they're going to get um, John Cena to come in and carry the title for a while. So they've got to, they've got to work with what they can get. And he's probably the best choice because out of all of the other wrestlers there, is there that we've seen in the NWA or him go up against, is there anybody that is a name that we didn't learn from, uh, from them going up against against uh, um, Nick Aldis, I mean, I'd, I'd say somebody like Josephus would be a good guy to hold it. Even Tim Storm was for a long time, 
But the reality is, is they don't have names outside of their territories. The only reason we know their names is because of Nick Aldis and Billy Corey. Well, that's true. I mean, I'm just saying that he might, you're right. He might be the best that they can possibly have right now, but he's not a guy that's going to help them. To me, he's not a guy that's going to help them grow. I, I mean, think I, it, mean, I mean, I mean, as, I mean, as far as, as my opinion is that if the NWA World Championship hadn't been featured on All In, you know, you and I probably still wouldn't even realize the NWA is is a thing right now. I agree. I agree 100 percent with that. Um, and it's one of those things where it's really, really difficult. The more the more stuff we try to do as far as like create content and, you know, getting the Patreon thing, the YouTube thing, maybe eventually working into Twitch and creating all the extra content we're going to have for that. I don't have as much time to keep up on 10 pounds of gold. So if, if I'm not getting, you know, full matches of Nick Aldis wrestling, I'm probably not going to spend the time watching it because I don't want to see a 15 minute interview when I've got so much other stuff to do. Well, and chances are that even if you see the match, you might already know the result because it might be a month old or two months old. Yeah, and that's the other thing, too, especially off their you know, pay-per-views. I mean, they need, they need to – maybe this working relationship with Ring of Honor will work out a little bit better, so we'll, we'll start to get when they do their pop-up events. Maybe we'll get that. And, you know, maybe having all this on TV and defending occasionally on – on Ring of Honor TV, maybe that'll help a little bit. Um, I, I I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see. But doesn't that only go so far? I mean, I mean, won't it get to the point where NWA is almost like NXT for Ring of Honor? You know, where they have all these belts out there, and maybe their championships are defended on Ring of Honor TV. It even seems likely, considering that three of the championship holders right now are signed to Ring of Honor. But when, you know, how long, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, the tag team. and Brody King, Cio, and Cole Cabana. And isn't the woman part of Ring Honor, too? The one that won the belt after Jazz vacated it? Um, I remember her being in in Impact at Siena, but I don't know where where she's signed or if she's signed anywhere since then. I don't remember seeing her wrestle in Ring of Honor. It doesn't mean she hasn't. I don't know. I thought I had heard that she was, I guess. Maybe she is, but that that still, you know, kind of furthers my point is like, we're going to see, you know, their championships defended on Ring of Honor, most likely because, you know, they are actually are on the waist of the, of, you know, guys, that are, people that are signed to Ring of Honor. But how far can they keep that going out them feeling like Ring of Honor's minor league on a permanent basis? You know what I mean? How, how long can... You know, how long can they do that? Are you still there? Yeah. Okay. That's a weird, Sorry, I a weird yeah. sound. So. I'm busy watching Kelly Klein. Okay. Well, I had to run to the bathroom, so I'm not even watching that right now. Oh, well. Um, so, um, For those but, of you listening at home, Kelly Klein um, is having a phenomenal match. What else and is there? And there's more Velvet Sky. Um, anyway, so, you know, my, my thing is how long can the NWA really – well, I, I, well, I, you know, you and I do love the idea of cooperation between wrestling organizations, but when you're solely cooperating with one other American organization and you are featuring your titles on their shows, but they're clearly not going to be positioned above the titles on that particular organization show, 
how long until just your stuff feels like the minor league of that organization and how long can you do that without um, how, and, and when, when do you judge when to separate from that into your own permanent organization until, you know, before it gets to be too much? Yeah. It's, I think um, Corgan's going to have to figure out a TV deal here and, and figure it out soon. If he wants this promotion to work out the way he says he does, he's going to have to get a TV deal, even if it's like a backroads TV deal where he's on pop TV or whatever, you know, one of those uh, channels that when impact was on there, we were like, what the hell? I've never even heard of that channel. Um, just so that they can produce a weekly program, something to get eyes on, on storylines and things like that. Instead of just a, a 10 minute um, YouTube video where they focus on one belt. Well, it's kind of weird because it's a chicken and egg kind of thing, isn't it? I mean, I mean, can you get a you can't get a TV show without, without a having a ro- without having a, having a product right. without having a roster, and and then and then how do you afford to pay? You know, when you're not, a, I mean, I, I I know that Corgan is rich, but I don't think he's like a multi-billionaire. So I mean, how do you afford to um, to pay a roster before you have a TV show that's that's that you're getting it, you know, advertising dollars at least or possibly even payment from that, from that station to fund the TV show and fund the wrestlers. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's really think, a, it's a catch 22. And, and WCPW really proved that you can't be solely on, on YouTube to do something like that. Cause there's not enough advertising dollars on YouTube. Right. Cause they got, they so, got bought out and became defiant then. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they didn't get bought out as much as they got, um, forced into selling. Oh, okay. Because they just, they couldn't pay their talent. They, they ended up um, having a Paul Heyman type situation where they just could not afford to pay their talent. Oh, that's always awesome. Yeah, always works out well. Oh, goody. Can't stand this guy. <laughs> Cannot stand him. No, there was a time that he, he was part of my one of my favorite tag teams, but you know, his current character and stuff. No, it's it's ridiculous. What the dogs? No, the All Night Express with Kenny King. <laughs> no, I was just giving you shit. <laughs> What's that guy's name? Uh... Rhett Titus. No, the, uh, his partner with the dogs. Oh, uh... Will Ferrara. That's it. Yeah. I'm, I almost insulted Sammy Guevara. Will, Will Ferrara and his legendary feud with Cheeseburger. I wonder when um, WWE is going to crack down on them for copyright infringements with the Flex Express and all this stuff. Well, it is different than the Lex Express. It's not quite the same. <laughs> I is um. Now, 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 now we have now we have match coming up between Clark Connors and Ricardo Fighters against the Kingdom. And to me, Clark Connors is probably my favorite of these of these American Young Lions so far. And I haven't seen any of these guys before, so this is this is entertaining. Being a, in a ring with uh, Marcella and Orion should be 
Should be a good test for him. Is there any word on when they're going to start up this uh, American um, version in New Japan? Um, no, I think that probably took a back. I think that probably lost some ground when the elite left. Yeah. All right, which one is which? So Connors is the shorter guy, and the more built guy is uh, whatever his other guy's name is. I totally lost it. Frederick. The guy. The guy with the um, sleeve? Yeah, Carl Fudge is the guy with the tattoo on his arm. Yeah. Okay. They both have good looks. They look like superstars. And then we see Vinny Marcella, who does not. He just looks like a lunatic. You know, I really, I really wish that. Um, and, you know, I'm really not a guy. I'm usually not a guy that really cares about body style and stuff. But I really wish that uh, um, Tiki Ryan would, you know, get some development in, in him. He just, he just does not look as intimidating as he really should look. You know. No, and I mean, for his talent and his mouth, that seems to be the one piece that's missing. But then again, there was a lot of that with uh, Adam Cole when he was in Ring of Honor too. And he's really kind of developed since he, he left Ring of Honor. Maybe TK Ryan needs that same type of thing. Yeah, let's send, another, let's send somebody else to NXT. <laughs> yeah, let's not. But, I mean, you understand what I'm talking about. Adam Cole had that same criticism. I do, yeah. I remember that now. So us watching wrestling and commenting on it is um, probably a little less than uh, appealing for people that are listening. But I mean, it's an experiment, right? Yeah, I mean, and, and it's we really haven't seen anything great. I mean, that first match was good, but you know, and that one kid had a good look to him. But it's hard to really comment on it when you were um, what five minutes behind me? Yeah, two or three. And then um, the women's match just was, there was not much there. It was more of a setup for more of uh, Kelly Klein versus the Allure. So now we have Mike Connor starting off against TKO Ryan. And then we get to see more of Rhett Titus. Yay. Yeah, all these young lions have a really good look to them. Although this, yeah, this guy has. I like that a lot. This guy has kind of an awkward posture, though. He reminds me of somebody. Benoit. He's got the body style and height of a Benoit. He does. I agree. See if he has the movement and everything too, because one thing I loved about Chris Benoit, and since we've been watching this for the Desert Island uh, series that we're planning. Um, one thing I noticed about Chris Benoit is he had this really jerky style. Like he was lightning quick, but because of his size and his body type, it didn't come as fluid as you would think it would. Like everything from him looked jerky, which I think added to his, his um, 
storytelling. Yeah, I think a lot of that was just his, his intensity. He did everything with such intensity that it, that it kind of looked jerky. I think well, that's, I mean, and that's what I'm saying is that it you know it came across as like just this. It, he looked like a guy that you that would never give up. He, he was that kind of guy that he was just so intense that you would have to basically break him to beat him. And I, I see a little bit of that in this Connors kid. Yeah. Yeah. Get, even even that steer, even that steer he just gave Orion was was like a total Crispin Wash there. Yep. Yep. It really was. Yeah. If he if he can if he can be I, the. I, I totally see what you were saying you know, about him being like Benoit. Maybe that's why I liked him so much. I didn't really realize that. Yeah, he definitely has. I mean, he's got the build. He's got the look. He's got you know the size and height, and he's got that intensity. This is this is a kid who, if he if he plays his card right and gets in the, you know, and and can become a good storyteller and execute moves the way that a Benoit did, this kid's a future superstar. I really think so. Yeah. And now we have Fredericks, who maybe has a little bit better basics, um, and he's a, I, th- I believe he's like a former military guy as well. Yeah, he's got and, a, and he's, he's, and, he's, he's and he does have, and he has a bit of a Native American heritage too, despite his name being Fredericks. I don't yeah, know if I'm, I don't know if I'm behind you or not, but it's saying I'm seven minutes and forty-seven seconds behind. I can't be that far behind because right now Vinny Marcellia and this Fredericks guy are on the mat and Fredericks has him in a um, headlock, scissors headlock, whatever. Yeah, you're only a few seconds ahead of me. It's not it's seven minutes or whatever it said. Okay. Yeah, and I was trying for a cross arm breaker. Crowd does not seem into this at all. No, because they because they have no heat to them, you know. But you know, you know what I'm wondering is, I wonder how these, I wonder how the uh, contracts work with these young lions. Like, I wonder I wonder if they're signed to a certain number of years, so they can't. So say like you know WWE can't be watching this and scouting Fredericks and saying. Hey, we want that guy in our system. I don't know. I, I guess I don't know. I we don't see a whole lot of young lions on in New Japan until they're ready to appear. You know, like these guys that were in the um, tag wars, they're getting ready to. They'll probably be on regular programming here in the next uh, next year. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm surprised actually that uh, Umino hasn't gone on an excursion yet. I figured he would at the beginning of the year. Now we're already in May, and he's still wrestling in New Japan. It's kind of strange to me. Yeah. You know, you almost would have thought that uh, his his match against uh, Tanahashi would have been him kind of graduating as the from Young Lionhood and then moving on to the excursion stuff, wouldn't you? 
You would think so. I mean, that's that's kind of the way it was with Jay White. I mean, Jay White really got his. Um, you know, maybe what they'll do is they'll they'll move him into Ring of Honor for a little while before they they hit the main stage. Because if you think about it, that's kind of what they did with Jay White. He just showed up and got you know beaten beaten up on for a few times, and then uh, then all of a sudden he was on Ring of Honor TV. Right. Yeah, I mean, maybe he, that's what they'll do. I don't, I don't know. He did that. He, what he was on, he was Ring of Honor for a year before he really became one with New Japan and the Switchblade character. Yeah, typically that's what they do is they go on excursion for a year or so. And um, Kawato has been, been on vacation, or Kawato has been on vacation for, I mean, vacation, excursion for like something like like 15 months now, I want to say. Oh, wow. He's, but he's been excursion with CMLL, so uh, I think we saw him like on one of the CMLL shows when he was under a hood. But that was pretty much all we've all we've seen him in the last 15 months or so. From from what from what I read about somebody who follows um, Lucha Libre a lot is he's having trouble. <coughs> well, at least at this time, you know, seven or eight months ago, he was having trouble catching people. Yeah, and in Lucha Libre, that's a that's a hard. I mean, in Japan, that's not as big a deal, but in CMLL, that's going to be a breaker for him. This is a well, we, match we, that has gone on much longer than it should have. Well, I think they're, I think they're trying to get some exposure to the, to the Young Lions, too. Yeah, but, um, where, where are you? Because I, I, TK Orion has this Connors kid in a headlock. Yeah, he's got out of the headlock for what I'm seeing. Okay, so you're a little bit ahead of me. But he, I mean, this is just, did you see his eyes when he was in that headlock? He's got so much just intensity with him. Yeah. Oh, man, he's going to get his ass kicked now. Boom. Nope, couldn't get, couldn't quite get him after this after that combo moves. It was like a knee strike, a power slam, and then a diving headbutt by Vinny, and then TK O'Ryan tried to cover him, but he wasn't legal man, so Vinny had to go and cover, and then Carnage was able to kick out. And now Vinny's being his crazy self in the face of Connors. So we haven't talked about the kingdom really in a while, Jeff. Other than Taven, what do you think about the about the kingdom overall? I like them. I really do. I really like uh, a lot of that what they bring. Um, I like the. I, I had an issue with Marcelia being a part of them in the beginning, but I think he's really fit into his character well. Um, I think he's. I think he's a good addition to to those other two. Um, TK Orion is a budding star. I mean, he's somebody that's going to, that like you looked at Matt Taven three years ago and that was TK Orion, what TK Orion is now. And then of course, Matt Taven is Matt Taven. So I really like what I see out of them. I like, uh, just like them in general. See, I, you, you said, a, you said a lot, a lot there about, uh, about Orion, but I mean, to me, Orion is better slightly in the ring and has a better look than than um, 
Vinny does, but but Vinny has a much much well more well fleshed out character, and and, 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 I, and, I, and I think he's a lot better. I think he has like a lot more charisma. We don't, we really don't see either of them talk on the mic very much. But I mean, to me, well, TK does. I mean, TK pretty much leads the interviews when they have them when they have their backstage segments. TK does ninety percent of the talking during those. Oh, and look at Connor's now standing up to Vinny. He's got the Boston Crab on, and Vinny's trying to slap him out of it. And Connor's will not back down. That's Fredericks, dude. Oh, it is Fredericks. I, my, my bad. Yeah, I mean, t- to me, Vinny is the, is the much more is the more polished and, and all around performer of the two. Yeah, I mean, he's got a much better fleshed out character. I just didn't think that his character and his um, his look fit in very well with the kingdom in the beginning. But he's really meshed into it and become a part of it. Oh, gotcha. I mean, yeah, he doesn't definitely doesn't have the same clean cut look as the other ones do. It just he just didn't seem to fit. But he's really kind of come into his own. So I guess tonight is I guess this is the night of two thousand horses. That must be. <sighs> All right, I'm having okay, here I am. Now I'm back. Wow. This is not, uh, you know, and I, we were talking about, um, there was some other things about that uh, uh, Crockett Cup that I noticed that I really, really enjoyed. Um, like the short entrance, not having that huge ramp and the jumbotron. I love the way the NWA really does play up the old school aspect mm-hmm. where you get, I mean, we're watching old NWA entrances where they come out, you know, 10 feet away from the ring. And they just walk almost straight to the ring and then walk straight to the back. There's no big, long celebratory entrances and music videos and all that crap. You know, it's really a toned down, toned down look, which is kind of refreshing at points. Do you think that's by choice or by design? I mean, by, I mean by design or by necessity, I should say. I hope it's by design because if it's by design, it's brilliant. But it wouldn't surprise me if it was because of budget issues. Right. But I, it was one thing that I really enjoyed about um, watching the Crockett Cup was seeing them, you know, just come out of the back, literally <laughs> walk out the back, walk 10 feet, and they're in the ring. There was no you know, entrance ramp, no big videos, no pyro, none of that stuff. And it, it, to right. me, it was kind of refreshing. And it was you and I were talking about this earlier. Um, and, you know, I'm sure it'll be brought up again when we do that, the Benoit stuff. But we were talking about the Benoit Bret Hart match, the Owen tribute match, and how it was a um, to me, it was it was an interesting throwback style where we watched a match where it was moves. It was all wrestling moves. And it was one guy doing wrestling moves for a while and taking control, and then the other guy doing wrestling moves for a while. There wasn't, uh, it wasn't a kick fest. It wasn't high spots galore. There wasn't a drop kick every 13 seconds. It was an actual wrestling match. And it, to a lot of people, especially now, that is something that would be incredibly boring. But for me, I found it incredibly refreshing because it was just something you don't see anymore. 
Right, and you know, I I haven't gotten I've not gotten a chance to go back and watch it again yet. But I, I like I told you before, like I I didn't like it at the time as much as other people did. But maybe I will feel the same way that you do now, and it'll be it more just, refreshing to me. It was just refreshing because when you look at it now, everybody's got to dive off the top rope fourteen times. There's always got to be the tope con hilo and the um, suicide dive and all that stuff at every match. And now you've got the um, the ring apron suplexes and there's just so much going on that it's hard to really keep track. And I can't remember the last time I really saw any wrestler put together four or five wrestling moves in a row before they started throwing punches or kicks or, you know, stuff like that. And that match was just, it was 25 minutes of nothing but wrestling moves on both sides. Yeah, that, that makes sense as why as why you have enjoyed it, and, and yeah, that's really cool if that's if that's the case. Um, but you know, speaking of old school stuff, I mean, it's interesting that that you you know that that you you know you enjoyed that you know that old school style of wrestling that they did. You enjoyed the old school entrances, and yet you're totally, I think, against the old school booking they did with Royce Isaacs and Thomas Latimer. Yes, I am completely <laughs> against. You, you know. You know where where you know they were the heels and you know they were do, they were doing you know sneaky things to win the battle royal to beat the War Kings to beat um, Bandito and Flip Gordon and then you know finally end up losing to the Zone Enterprise but I mean I thought they did a great job kind of putting those guys over in that spot and and honestly I really I was really a big fan of Thomas Latimer in this show. Yeah, I mean, he was good, and I might have enjoyed them a little bit more had the other guys been a little bit more established. You know, to see an upstart group that you've never heard of come in and go that far in a tournament, it, it's a fun concept. It's, it's a fun idea. But when you're, you're burying people that aren't even established yet who are poised to, like, lead your company, that's where it becomes – that's where I had issues with it. Were they really buried, though? I mean, they, they – it was a competitive match, you know, but the working has actually dominated a lot of it, and it was just they, they ended up, you know, sneaking out a cheap win. I don't think they were buried. Yeah. Shane Taylor just scares me. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see a whole ton of wrestling moves in this one. Hikaleo versus Shane Taylor. Please don't let Hikaleo beat Shane Taylor. That would piss me off. Shane Taylor put on what about forty pounds in his ass? Thinks so. he he looks huge. Like, he I was looks a, huge, dude. Yeah, but he looks more like an apple now than I've ever seen him before. How do you like them apples? <laughs> I don't think I do. Ooh. Oh, hit you with this with a, Greco, a few Greco-Roman forms to the face there. Well, that's what happens when you spit in his hand and try to outheal the heel. And a freestyle chop across the chest, and another one. You know who Kiwi reminds me of now? Who's that? Punishment Martinez. <laughs> yeah, he does. Okay, he has. Yeah, he he has the, that same body style and look and everything. See, and I never. Yeah, and, and the same and the same brawling style. Yeah, and I I never really got into Hikaleo when he was before he got injured. He was gone for what a year and a half, something like that. But I mean, yeah, there was nothing really to get into. I mean, he was he was so he was basically like El Gigante, you know. Yeah. 
That's what we need to do with Ezra Edwards' show about it, Zoe Dante. All right, when you can kick a guy off the top rope like that without even moving. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. You know, one of the matches coming up here is going to be really entertaining. I think it's uh, uh, Tracy Williams and Mark Haskins taking on Evil and Sonata. That'll be a decent match. That'll be a good match, not decent. Yeah, unfortunately, Sonata will will not be coming in as IWGP Heavyweight Champion. Yeah, and I I wanted to get your thoughts on that. I didn't know if you'd watched it yet, Um, but it's... I don't know. That's disheartening. It really is. Yeah, I, I, I mean, to me, first of all, I didn't expect Sonata to win. I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but I wanted him to, you know. And and my fear with it is that if he if he keeps losing matches, these title matches, he's just going to be end up being the gatekeeper to the championship, like Goto was for so many years. Right. And I feel like he's better than that. You know, what I mean, I feel like I feel like Sonata could be world champion. And I feel like the, you know, the, the more he has these shots, and he has these he has these fantastic matches, but he can't quite get over the hump. Well, and how long are they going to keep heating him up before they finally pull the trigger? Right. I mean, I, I mean, it's not it's not like we can really expect him to win the G one this year. No. You no, know, he's. They, he keeps he keeps getting heated up. He keeps getting pushed to the edge there, and then they just don't pull the trigger. After a few years, you, well, this is now what his third straight year they've done that. We're not going to believe it anymore. Uh, it's going to get to a point like like you were with Page, um, where he just lost so many big name or big title matches and big matches that you didn't believe he ever would win. Right. And you, and you know, I mean, he's, he's, he's not, I mean, I, I don't see him, I don't see him winning, you know, any championship higher than um, Naito holds as long as, as long as they're in the same faction, you know, and I don't see them, and I don't see why they would split up LIJ, so it's kind of, it's kind of a weird situation. Yeah, he's definitely in a situation where he's kind of getting the worst of it there. And, you know, maybe... Maybe it would be like a little bit um, more tolerable if they if they hadn't ended up dropping the the tax traps at GOD for what seems like no fucking reason. But uh, but I mean this is the second straight year where they won tag wars. He and Evil they won the championships at Wrestle Kingdom, and then and then they've dropped them after one or two title defenses. Now granted the the, way, the reason they dropped it after only a couple of title defenses last year is because Evil got hurt, but still. Right. Yeah, and, then, and this year was just ridiculous, losing it the way that they did and as quickly as they did. I mean, seriously, look at his legs. His legs are the size of my waist, and I'm a big guy. You are a big guy. I agree. And look at his legs. Oh, I thought we were just focusing on your on your fatness. Well, that's what we're using to compare. Oh, I see. What are we comparing now? That dude has got some massive le- thighs. He's not on my screen anymore. Sorry, I can't see him. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
debut for Hikaleo? I, I, Colt, come on. Well, on Ring of Honor it is. Uh, I suppose. Where are they? They're going to end up in Toronto, right? They start in Buffalo, then they go to... Don't they have one in Boston? Uh, where, where are the next shows at? Let me check. I also need to check my email and see if they ever sent me that fucking password reset. Oh, here we go. Lifeblood again, um, Life against Evil and Sonata. I'm actually looking forward to seeing Haskins. I want to see him... He seems to be the only member of Lifeblood that's not getting pushed very well. Which is surprising because I think Sass- I think Hassan is the most talented member of Lifeblood besides maybe Juice. Well, I think he's even more talented than Juice, to be honest with you. Yeah, but you hate Juice. I I started he started growing me towards the end of last year. Yeah, and then you said he, he went right back down for you. So. Yeah, that is true. <coughs> is he still, he's still the um, United States champ, right? He is, yeah. Speaking of which, did you, did you enjoy the hell out of the tights he was wearing for the, uh, for the, for the uh, uh, Taku tour? I didn't see it. I didn't see his match. Oh. I, I had to. I, I was in such a crunch for time that I, I watched the big four, and that was it. They have, like, yellow and green with, like, pink stripes going down there. Uh, interesting. <laughs> this is the best entrance in wrestling right now. Here comes here comes Evil. The, the, no side. Uh, he doesn't have his side with him. What's that? He doesn't have his side with him. It doesn't matter. He has that music. And he doesn't have his ring either. It's still this. This could be the best entrance in wrestling right now. Is this evil entrance? I mean, obviously his side made out of cleared clusters, but what's with the ring not being there? I don't know. Did Doctor Strange need to get it back for uh, Avengers Endgame? <laughs> he must have had to. Yeah, so tonight they're in Buffalo. Like you already said that. Right. Tomorrow they are in Toronto. I think you might have already said that too. I thought they ended in Toronto. I thought night four was in Toronto. <coughs> no, that's not where the happy ending is. Okay, so tomorrow they're in Toronto. Yeah, and, and you know, just you know, just for, just while, I, while I'm on the screen here, but you know, you know, if, if you're listening to this, and you know, if you want to watch a good wrestling show tomorrow night on Honor Club, you know, we've got the Kingdom taking on Lij, so it's, it's this, you know, it's Vinny and uh, TKO Ryan taking on DC, DC and two here, Evil and Sonata. It's Rouge versus TPJ Black. Lifeblood versus the Briscoes. So, again, Haskins and Tracy Williams taking on the Briscoes. <coughs> Yuji Nagata, who Jeff and I are, are just you know big, huge fans of for the last, what, 25 years now or so, right, Jeff? Taking, it, taking, taking on Cy West Young. Um, there's a four-corner survival match between Brody King, Shane Taylor, Jeff Cobb, and Hiroki Goto. Uh, Jay Lethal taking on Satoshi Kojima, which is a rematch from like three years ago for the ROH World Championship at one of the G1 Climax finales. And then PCO is challenging Matt Taven for the ROH World Championship. So tomorrow's card is just, to me, stacked. That match <laughs> actually scares me because I, I just I have this fear that they're going to put the belt on, on PCO. 
just well, because is there anybody? It would, it would be hard to blame them. Honestly. Well, yeah, I mean, he's the hottest guy in the company right now. But I, I would hate to see. Oh, is Lij not going to do the handshake? Guess not. Sonata's just like, no, uh-uh, I'm staying here. Okay, so then uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan on Saturday. And then Chicago, Illinois closes up the tour on Sunday. Wow. So they're, they're Toronto, Boston, then Chicago, huh? Mm-hmm. It's not a bad little run. No, but the, but the, but the Chicago show isn't really that great. Last year, the fourth night wasn't that good either. I thought it was the weakest of the four. Yeah, so so here's the lineup for night four. It's Jeff Cobb versus Jay Lethal versus Bruce versus PCO. That wouldn't be a bad match. PJ Black versus Carl Fredericks. Yeah. Hikuleo versus Hiroki Goto. Evil and Sonata versus Kojima and Nagata. That's an odd pairing. Well, it's odd in the sense that we, it's a match that we could have seen in NJPW, you know. And we probably will six times this year. <laughs> and the main event, Jeff, the Briscoes versus G.O.D. <sighs> That's probably where the Ring of Honor title, our tag team titles is going to change. Yeah, it's not going to leave us as a title match because we don't know, because, you know, the titles are on the line tonight. Right. Now, Saturday's show, since I, since, you know, I might as well, List this one out too. Um, we have Coughlin and Fredericks taking on Coast to Coast. That would be a bad match. We have Kelly Klein taking on Stacy Shadow. Stacy Shadows, actually, I guess it is for the ROH World Champion, the WH World Championship. We have the Bounces versus Evil and Sonata, so that should be fun. All right, Evil is my new hero. <laughs> That was what great. Did I, what did I miss? He was going to chop uh, Tracy Williams. He got the crowd all pumped up behind it. He uh, you know, started clapping and dancing in the ring. He was blowing on his hands, but he was blowing on his uh, left hand when he was going to chop with his right hand. And then he went to do the chop and just went straight towards Williams' eyes. Oh, my God. Look at Sonata's hair. Yeah. Yep. I was wondering when you were going to mention that. <laughs> what, the, what the fuck? Maybe he's got to change his look. He, she shaved his beard, trimmed his beard a little bit, too. So A little bit? I like this look a whole lot better than his uh, mohawk, shaggy-ass beard that he had. I don't know. I, looked, I, thought he was, I thought he looked super distinctive that way. He looks like a real boy now, though. should be looking like a man, not a boy, dude. I'm going to do Mark Haskins mustache. That's what I'm going to grow. I'm going to cut that out and just have it be, I'm going to do Mark Haskins. Wow. Sometimes I wonder why I talk to you. And we'll have that. We'll have that as a sounder for every time you say something stupid. Of course, you might wear out the sounder that way, but you know. Um, <laughs> you think? <laughs> uh, we have Cheeseburger on night four, ta- or night three, taking on Clark Connors. Oh. Uh, we have Tracy Williams versus Eli Isom versus Roosh versus PJ Black. We have the Kingdom versus G.O.D. and their brother. We have P.C.O. versus Mark Haskins. 
And then in the main event, we have Nagata, Cobb, Lethal, Goto, and Kojima taking on the Briscoe's Young, Briscoe Shane Young, I'm sorry, the Briscoe's Silas Young, Shane Taylor, and Bully Ray. That could be fun if they do it right. Yeah, it's kind of weird that uh, Jonathan Gresham isn't in that match. Is there really any place for him with those other three? No, I guess not. Can take Lethal out of there. <laughs> yeah. I'd be okay with that, but you know. I don't know. Gresham shines when he's in tag teams. He really does. And, and he's gotten so much better in singles contests, too. Still, his match against ZSJ at Final Battle is one of my favorites from last year. Yeah, and you know what? He's only booked on this. He's only booked tonight. He's not booked on the rest of the shows. Hmm. I wonder why. Yeah, it's interesting. I wonder if he's booked somewhere else. You know, because he typically, he typically goes, like, you know, to England to wrestle a lot and stuff, too. So I wonder if he is booked for Defiant or Progress or something. Doesn't he wrestle a lot in um, Germany, too? Yeah. Yeah, he does. Is Tracy Williams' shoulder ever going to heal? No. This is becoming like Cowboy Bob Orton type injury here. That's okay. Although, although he can't really use that as a uh, as a weapon as a weapon the way Orton did for twenty years. Had to have been good fifteen years that he had that cast on. Well, no, didn't he have it on when uh, the Undertaker and, and Randy Orton had that SummerSlam match too? I want to say he did. What was that? SummerSlam 2005. Yeah. I want to say, don't you? Didn't he have the cast on at that time? I believe he did. Yeah. <coughs> when he was uh, seconding his son, yeah, I believe he did have the cast for that. Well, Tracy, Tracy Williams wearing that kind of a of a get up on his shoulder. I can't remember. I saw somebody else recently doing that too. Well, um, Ishimori had something similar down his back. No, it was no, it was somebody wearing exactly the same thing that Tracy Williams is wearing, but I don't oh, remember, right. remember what show it was. It might have been on one of the uh, uh, WrestleMania weekend shows. You know, Tracy Williams is so talented; he just bores me. I don't <laughs> understand why. I just I I'm bored when I watch him. He doesn't stand out at all, except for his shoulder injury thing. But he's he's really gifted in the ring. He just, I don't know. He just bores me. No, I, I get it. I mean, he, he is he is you know black tights, black boots, uh, very bland in the ring. Uh, I mean, he's he's an excellent technical wrestler, but there's really nothing that stands out to make you really uh, have any kind of uh, emotion towards him. Well, and he just yelled at Sonata, and that was like, holy shit, you've got some life to you. Well, yeah, but not if you know it's Sonata, then you're gonna, that means you're going to have some death to you. Right. But I'm just saying it was, you know, something I'm not used to seeing on Tracy Williams. He just he he doesn't seem to show any emotions at all. You know, I I, I kind of see where you're going with this whole like like in the current Sonata look thing, but at the same time, to me, he almost looks like Chima now. I was going to say Kushida. Uh. No, because Kushida didn't have blonde hair and a beard. Or not, not, not Kushida, but uh, his hairstyle looks like uh, Kodai Ibushi. 
a little bit. Not right, right. But I was talking exactly. about the blonde look and the the tights he's wearing and all that stuff. It kind of reminds me of, of Chima's look. <laughs> Why did he bridge out when Sonata was already off of him? Uh, good question. Someone botched. Yeah, someone botched to move there. I don't know. I like this new Sonata look. This uh, chop is kind of weird. Well, this is what I'm saying is we had, you know, why is he not chopping evil when evil's – I'm so lost. This is just bad, and it, which pains me because these two are two of my favorites. It's not an evil? Yeah, and I love Mark Haskins, but this is just not a good match. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, well, Haskins has not been there very much for one thing. I don't know if it's Tracy Williams that's bringing this down. I'd hate to blame it all on him, but it's just bad scripting, bad storytelling. They're not really, I mean, Tracy Williams does not have a whole lot to get me excited about anything. You can blame it on Tracy Williams if you want to. I'm not going to stop you. What's that? You can blame it on Tracy Williams if you want to. I'm not going to stop I, you. I hate to blame it on one guy because there's four guys in there. You know, and it's, there's been at least four blown spots now that I've seen this Chop war, that didn't make any sense. When Evil's chopping Tracy Williams and Tracy Williams is chopping Sonata, there was no reason for that. It would have made more sense for him to turn around and chop Evil back. It would have, yes. It just didn't make sense. And then (coughs) spot earlier when um, Sonata's setting up that uh, paradise lock on Haskins, Tracy Williams comes in and grabs Sonata and then just looked lost. And why did he rip his shoulder thing off if that's protecting his shoulder? And you know what? I'm getting, I'm getting honestly very tired of this stuff in wrestling matches. <clears throat> the, the slap matches, the slap fights. That's what I'm. This is what I'm saying. Is right, that right, mat- right, right when they're standing there and they're like, "Hit me!" Yep. No, you hit me. No, hit me. Now you hit me. Now you hit me. I remember, mean, remember it was why did, about. Why does four, that have to be in every? Why does that have to be in every single match? Remember about four years ago when I started calling that out with the yay boo stuff in the middle of the ring, and I said that if if that happened in a match, that would immediately take a star off. Yeah. This you're finally getting there with it now too, because <laughs> now it's progressed to this crap. But the gay boost stuff wasn't even as bad as that, because the gay boost stuff they would at least you know they would it would be a slug and then slug. It wouldn't be the guys like gesturing like hit me, you know. And that's right. and that's what we're, and that's what we're seeing more and more, especially on the indie scene. You know. Well, and, not and not just on the indie scene, but we're also it's in everywhere. I mean, these are two fairly large companies. These aren't even considered indies anymore. I suppose. And they do they do it in every damn match. Yeah, and you know, and you know, when it's a, and it it feels like this is a progression, and and maybe I maybe I shouldn't be blaming these two guys, but I mean, it feels like it's a progression from the Ishii, uh, um, Shibata match, Shibata match, yeah, Wrestle Wrestle Kingdom ten, so, but well, those were never title matches where you know the whole the whole purpose of those matches was, you know, they're basically the hell the out of each other, yeah, yeah they, to prove who was the, tougher, they were, right? They were the tough man championships, you know, in in uh in New, in New Japan. Almost like a hardcore type style, but but rather than using, you know, um, chairs and fucking garbage cans and shit, you know, they would they would just beat the shit out of each other. Whereas you know now it seems like it's progressed to to where you know people must have you know people love those matches so much that they decided to take this one aspect out of them, and it seems it, it feels like it happens in almost every match now. Well, and that's you know we talked about the Canadian Destroyer being a transition move now. 
and the um, you know the ring apron power bomb that's in every damn match now. It's that's why I, I think that might be why when looking back at that Owen tribute match, I liked it so much, is because there was none of that. There was none of this repetitive in every single match. We see this, you know, punching and kicking and who's stronger and you know like it, it seems like every single match now they've got to outdo what other people have done. Like, just right here with Mark Haskins, that double move that he just did, and now... Not too, not too straight to a face. Yeah. You know, it, it's just, it's like, okay, we saw one guy do this, now we got to do that because we got to prove that we're as strong as those guys were, and you know, it, it, it kind of lead, leads back to the finisher kickout. You know, Kurt Angle kicks out so of the Rocks <laughs> finisher, so Stone Cold, well, he can't be weaker than Kurt Angle, so now he's got to kick out of two of them. Well, Triple H, he's as tough as, as Stone Cold, so he's got to kick out of two of them, two finishers. It's just an escalation process. Eventually, it gets to a point where nobody's finisher matters, and people are using destroyers as transition moves. Right, or then you have two guys that are supposed to be in a fight standing in the middle of the room telling each other to hit each other. Right, exactly. You know, which makes no sense whatsoever. You know, if, if, you're, if you're in a fight or you're trying to win a wrestling match, then why would you want the other guy to hit you? Well, and look at this. I mean, Tracy Williams is, what, a buck 30? If that. I don't even think he – is he even 180 pounds? He's not a guy that you're going to look at and think he's Tomohiro Ishii. So why is he getting into a slap fight to prove that he's strong? With evil. Well, yeah, or Sonata. I mean, he was with Sonata there, too, for a little while. Is I know, but, but but with evil, my, my point with evil is that you know evil took Jeff Cobb to the limit. Right, exactly. You know, so it's just I'm very disappointed in this match, and that's that's sad because of the guys involved in it. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, unfortunately, I think we're I think we're we're using this match to. Um, I mean, there were some definitely some botches, but I think we're using this match to kind of emphasize everything that's wrong with the current state of professional wrestling right now. But, but, <laughs> that is true. That is true. But yeah, I mean, um, but, but I mean, it, it definitely is true. Like the more indie organizations I watch, or, or even like Ring of Honor or New Japan or, um, you know, um, Rev Pro. I mean, the more I see this this sudden penchant for people to stand in the middle of the ring. And, yeah, the shit ha- the shit's and, happening. And the shit's happening in WWE too. It, I mean, it's everywhere. If you say so. I don't. I don't watch WWE. So. It's. I've seen matches in WWE recently, like uh, WrestleMania. I had to watch with my kid, and you know, I've seen a few matches here and there that Ryan has, um, you know, suggested to us, and and it's the same shit. This is in every every company, every organization. It's just the way wrestling has become. Well, hopefully, hopefully, it's a phase that people get past because it really is. It really is. I mean, I mean, all the other stuff we're talking about, I agree with. But I mean, to me, the stupidest part is you're supposed to be trying to win a fight or a wrestling match, and yet you want your opponent to hit you. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's just <coughs> that's just. I'm um, speaking of Jeff Cobb. I, um, what did you think of that Tai Chi match with Cobb? Fuck, fuck Tai Chi. I actually enjoyed Tai Chi's performance, but I'm still pissed off that they changed the title again. There's been eight eight champions in the last year and a half and five of them never even won a title defense. Uh, is, it, is it really five? I thought it was six. No, it's five. This okay, was, that, uh, cause this, I, thought, I, thought, I thought only Goto had won one and um, Osprey had won one. 
and somebody else, I somebody else won one in there too. Okay. Uh, and I don't, I don't remember who it was, but that's when I was watching that. That's what they had said is that there's been eight, eight title holders and only five of them, and five of them never even got a defense, never even won and, a defense. And the ones that did only won one. Right. Exactly. So it, it's uh, it, they are just destroying that championship. And that was supposed to be, you know, the tough guy championship, and now everybody's a tough guy. Yeah. I mean, I, and I think I understand why they did it because I think that um, they needed to have, they wanted Osprey in the best of the Super Juniors, but you, but they didn't want him to have the have the never open weight championship while going in there. So they figured the best way, and they also didn't want him dropping the title to Tai Chi. So the best way was to get it on Cobb and then get it off of Cobb onto Tai Chi. You know, that was kind of a with little move with Haskins. It was. Haskins is great. That blind tag they just did. And for Tracy Williams to pick up on it. And the springboard double stomp. Yeah. That was an impressive little sequence. You know, what's weird is that, you know, Tracy Williams has a great nickname, but it doesn't fit him. Right, exactly. What the fuck is hot? It's so hot about Tracy Williams. What's so spicy about him? I I kind of want him to come out in the El Calentino or Cayenne, the uh, TNA, the one that Christopher Daniels used to have. What was that? Curry Man. Curry Man, yeah. Oh, now you made me this Stone, me stone Cold Shark Boy again. I loved him. <laughs> he, was, he was great. He um, I was watching something over the weekend, and he was doing an interview for it in his Stone Cold persona. Awesome. You know, in between throwing up, that is. You was throwing up? I was throwing up. Oh, you were throwing up. Okay. Non-stop for like two days. All right, so now Sonata is trying to distract the referee. Oh, a chair shot. See what? That was the worst sold chair shot I've ever seen in my life. Did you see him slowing down to not run full speed into the chair? Almost to the um, point where Evil was waiting for him so he could actually do it? No, I must have missed that. These are just some horrifically bought spots. This chemi- The chemistry in this is awful. Comes the magic killer. And Sonata and Evil get the victory. Thank God. And Lifeblood loses again. Yeah, Lifeblood really hasn't been positioned well, have they? They have not. They're supposed to be bringing Honor back to Ring of Honor, and they're not doing much. They can't even win a match. And they get, you know, they can't even get two faces from New Japan to shake their hands before a match. And I haven't seen one of their guys in a long time now. I haven't seen I haven't seen Dave Finley wrestle since what January. Yeah, he when he lost to um, Mark Haskins. That's yeah. the last time I saw him wrestle in Ring of Honor. And I haven't heard if he's hurt or anything. I haven't heard anything about that either. I mean, you would actually know. Remember, Finn Juice was in the Tag Wars. Yeah, that was in that was in November and December though. Oh, oh Tag Wars. Oh, yeah. Oh, Tag Wars. Okay. Okay. Were they really? Yeah. Okay. They were in the um, finals 
against PCO and Oh, you're right. They were okay. But that that was the last time, and that was what February. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, he isn't he hasn't been around since then. I don't, and I don't, I haven't seen him in Japan either. So we we do have we do have another lifeblood match coming up. We have uh, Bandito taking on Flip Gordon, which is one I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Ben, if Flip is back to what Flip was before he hurt himself, did you um, catch that on Crockett Cup when he was talking about his injury and what happened and how it happened? Yes. That's just maddening that because his knee just blew. And yeah, kept, I, mean, I, I mean, that's and that's like this young man, like walking to the ring and all of a sudden his quads go out. Yeah. You know? And again, then, yeah. he goes back, then he goes to the back and his other quad goes out, you know? Yep. Well, and I uh, didn't that tap on Triple H once, too. Right. You know, just a freak fall outside of the ring, and he blew his quad. Now we have Silas Young taking on Roosh coming up. That's going to be a good match. I, I hope Roosh lasts more than 15 seconds this time to beat somebody. <laughs> I am disappointed, though, um, because Roosh signed with Ring of Honor, so we didn't get uh, L.A. Park versus Roosh. I know. It was the second time, the second time we got deprived of that, too. Right. And that's, I mean, that's a feud that's been, what, 20-some years in the making? Oh, are we going to get an evil Dalton Castle now? No, 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 Evil was in the last match. There's no boys. There's no Peacock. You're going to get the Dalton Castle I've been looking forward to for the last, wanting to see for the last year. Jeff, I, I, I did not need to, need to know about your sex change. You just said you no longer have Peacock or Dalton or, or boys, so obviously you, you're doing a transition I did not know about. Or has Peel, oh my God. Oh my God, <laughs> that was a little much. Um, but I, I, to be honest, I was actually really impressed with that Tai Chi Jeff Cobb match. I was I was more impressed with Tai Chi in that match than I have been ever with him. I thought I thought he wrestled a good match, told a good story, and was really fun to watch. It wasn't that it wasn't a it wasn't a it was a bad match and it didn't tell a good story. It was just that. I don't believe that Tai Chi can beat Jeff Cobb. I don't either, but but the fact that... Regardless of the way that it happened. One of our biggest complaints about Tai Chi, though, was he's boring. And he wasn't in that match. And I've been seeing that out of him a lot more recently, where he's not that boring guy that he used to be. Um. Okay. I don't know. I just I thought that he was he was a lot better than he than we've given him credit for recently. Well, I, I don't disagree with you. I just I'm I'm just saying that to me the title change is oh the title change sucked. <coughs> it's it's it wasn't it's not that it sucked. It's just I don't believe it. Well, it's it's there's a lot of reasons it sucked, and part of it was the fact that it, um, like you said, <laughs> you can't believe that what is happening. My computer is just loading screen after screen after screen. Well, I mean, the thing is that when Tai Chi beat um, Goto, it took a lot more for him to beat Goto than it took to be to beat Jeff Cobb, and, and that's such a cognitive dissonance to me that I just, I just, I mean, I watched it. I'm like, what? 
I mean, it wasn't even that I was upset about it. It was just that I was like, that's not even believable to me after after what we've seen before. So, so you know, it's not that I'm it's not that I'm super down on it, although it probably sounds like it. It's simply that that to me, it wasn't even something I could actually buy into whatsoever. Yeah, that's fair enough. It really is. Oh, so Dalton Castle is just doing commentary. Uh, well, no, he's sitting at ringside. He's not doing <laughs> commentary. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah, he's down uh, down by the um, the bell. Ah, okay. I missed that. You can see him uh, right to the right of the screen, just sitting there. Ah, there he is. Probably, hopefully, he's going to start a feud here with Roosh. Heel versus heel? Roosh isn't a heel. Sure he is. Then, then this is a heel versus heel match, too. And what is Silas Young looking for a code of honor for? Um, good question. There's been some weirdness in this show tonight. So you're, you started talking about earlier about the other stuff that you really enjoyed about the Crockett Cup. Did, were you done? Were you done talking about that, or was there more? Oh, than... I, I'm sure there was more. I just haven't. You know, I, I really liked all this um, uh, Skrull match. I thought that was fun. Uh, I liked Cowboy James Storm coming out and confronting Colt Cabana afterwards, and I, I liked the fact that Colt was um, more of a serious type of wrestler there for a while throughout yeah. the match and then went back to his comedy entertainment stuff after the match was over with his uh, stuff with James Storm. You know, yeah. so, I mean, there was, there was just, I li- I really do like bringing out the greats, the, uh, you know, the people that made the NWA popular, you know, and running some of these old retired guys out there just to do a quick little promo. That's, yeah. that's something yeah. that NWA does that I really do like. Yeah, I like that too. And and you know, they're you know, they're they're organizations that have the the kind of longevity that they can do something like that. I mean clearly WWE does, but they're not gonna do that except for like during the you know, Hall of Fame and stuff. Well yeah, and, and, and they don't <laughs> they don't do that even during the Hall of Fame really. I mean just the Hall of Fame ceremony, but that would be a good thing for them to run out some of the uh, old greats in a WrestleMania. You know, I'd love to see Ricky Steamboat come out and cut a quick promo during WrestleMania, not always Hogan and Austin and Rock. You know, maybe run out, uh, well, I guess last year or this year we had Jared and Rumble, but. Yes, because Ricky but I don't, was always known for his promo skills. But I don't want to, but I'm just, you know, if you think about it, um, half the people they run out in the NWA aren't. T- Magnum TA was never known for his promotional skills, but. Yeah, he was, actually. Was he? Yeah. yeah I mean, he was, he was basically supposed to be the, uh, you know, he was meant to be the WCW's version of version of Hulk, or the NWA version of Hulk Hogan to throw that nasty car accident. He was in. Maybe it wasn't Magnum TA I was thinking of. Anyway, regardless, I, I just I, I don't think we need to have um, the nostalgia acts come out and 
put on a 10-minute match or be in a match or anything like WWE does. I like the way NWA does it, where they just come out as, you know, guests of honor type of thing. Yeah, no, I totally get it. Um, what is wrong with Dalton Castle? <coughs> he lost his mind now, dude. That's good. I like a crazy Dalton Castle. That does not surprise me. Um, oh, you, you had mentioned the uh, the Nick Aldis versus um, uh, Marty Scrobash me, me and really well, really really good. And I, and I told you yesterday, you know, I thought it was spectacular until the popcorn part of the ending. Oh yeah, the ending you know? blew. The I mean, ending. I mean, Marty Scurll dominated like the last seven or eight minutes of that match, other than a few quick roll-up attempts by. Um, Aldis, and then Aldis somehow was able to get the Kingsland cross or Kingsland uh, cloverleaf on, and then and then get Marty to tap out with basically like no build up port whatsoever. Well, it and was it, just, was a, it was there was no strain either. He put it on, and three seconds later, Marty's tapping. So I mean, it was they didn't he didn't even there was no there's no build to the end. Like you said, it just it just was like a flash out of nowhere. And it's not one that could be explained. Like, you know, let's just say um, Pete Dunn had done that move, but he grabbed a finger and was torquing on the finger. That would explain why he would tap so quickly. You know, you didn't have that in this match. It was just all of a sudden out of nowhere, the cloverleaf is on and Marty's tapping. Yeah. for And uh, it just... I mean, I mean, first of all, I think you and I would both agree that if Marty was sticking around, the, the right move would have been to put the title on him. Exactly. But, but, but secondly, if, if Wallace was going to win that match, and I have no problem with him winning it given the situation, I really think one of those roll-ups he was doing should have been the way to do it. Or, you know, some kind of impact move, not getting that submission hold out of nowhere and then Marty tapping out to it. And tapping out that quickly. If Marty had stayed in the well, movie, well, even if it was, even if even not it being that quickly, because it wasn't like Aldis had been working on his back or anything the, the entire match. Yeah, that's true. I mean, this is like the Kurt Angle style of. But I, I, mean, I mean, Kurt Angle is, was is great. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, it always kind of bugged me that he would work on people's, you know, always offense works on people's back, and yet his his finisher was on the ankle. People would tap out to it. I mean, I could have kind of understood it if, you know, he fought through it for, you know, 45, 50 seconds, maybe a minute um, of being in that move. After that long of a hard-fought match, I could have seen it a little bit better than just the cloverleaf going on in a quick tap. But I thought, I mean, I thought the whole, the Carmella spots were great. I thought both of them, the, you know, the one that Nick had with her, or Camille, yeah the one that Nick had with her and also the one that Marty had with her, I thought were great spots. Uh, I thought that they, they put on a really good match. It's just that ending really sucked all the enjoyment out of it. It did. And, and also the confusion with, you know, I'm also confused about Camille and him. And it's not like I'm dying to watch, uh, 10 pounds, 10 pounds, of, gold. 10 pounds, of, 10 pounds of gold to see what's right. going on. But I mean, exactly. it, it's like, you know, so, so was that a face turn by, all this where he's he does he doesn't want his insurance policy anymore. Yeah, I didn't I didn't get it. I, I kind of played it off as this is his friend. You know, so if he's gonna beat his friend, he wants to beat his friend up and up. Is kind of the way I played it off. I guess okay. we'll have to see. Um but 
the part that really kind of got to me too is after the match when the commentators were, and I can't remember, it was Riccoboni and who are the other two? Oh, Cornette. Uh, Jim Cornette and uh, that guy from, yeah, the guy from Arizona. Or is he from, or is he from Hollywood? I can't remember. Uh, I think Hollywood. But uh, with Cornette talking about, are these guys going to be able to be friends again? uh, Come on. They had one little disagreement in the middle of the ring two weeks before this match. Of course they're going to be fine. Yeah. You know, it just, and Cornette during that, uh, Cornette had some great lines. He had some great moments. And like like you and I have talked about him before, um, he does a great job of putting over talent. Putting over not, not just talent in the ring, but managers and fellow announcers and everything. He just does such a great job of putting people over that it's, it, it's, it's fun to listen to him. And he has some really clever one-liners. And, um, but he's just he's stuck in such an old-school type of wrestling philosophy that he has a hard time adapting his calling to what's actually happening. That's a fair criticism. You know, it, it's, I mean, he's, he's great. He's great on the mic. He's a great interview. He's, he's hilarious. He's great at putting people over. He runs to their backgrounds. You know, even the work that he's done with that uh, Rick <laughs> Bonicotti or Boni, Bonici or whatever the hell that guy's name for MLW. Rich Bocchini. Rich Bocchini, yeah. The, the work he's done to put that guy over has been spectacular. But he just, he just, he has his moments where he's still stuck old school wrestling and he can't get past it. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of hoping that's not what we end up with Jim Ross and AEW. Uh, what are the chan- what do you think the chances are that we're not going to end up with that? Yeah, unfortunately, I think you're right, but I'm kind I mean, of, hoping- I, mean, I mean, of course, there's also the very po- the possibility that AEW doesn't ever fucking do anything because so they they so are oh, announced. No, they've they've announced uh, that they're going to be broadcasting on a site in England at least. I saw that there, yeah, and and apparently leaked on, leaked on the AT and T schedule that it's going to be on AT and T pay per view, but it's but it still reeks of them not knowing their audience because, you know, <coughs> I don't I know that you would you for a while talked about casting direct TV. I don't know if you ever did or not. No, but, I still have it. I I had to have it. I mean, but I'm not going to pay for their pay per view, and I'm not paying fifty bucks to watch their pay per view. It's just not happening. Um, but you know, regardless of, regardless of that, I mean, I don't have it because you know, and and you know, I, I granted I'm 44 years old and you're and I think you're 45, yeah. but it, but but you know, their their largest part of their fan base, to me, is the younger wrestling fan, and the younger and the younger wrestling fan that like the 18 to 35 range, that are uh, fucking Matt Tevens out there. That's awesome. Um, is uh, you know, are are being like me where they're where they're you know they're cord cutting. They don't want to pay for cable. They want to pay for the services that they're going to use. And, <coughs> and so they need to so they need to have something announced for any for a streaming service. I don't care if it's their own. I don't care if it's Fight TV or something else. But it should be something where it's available to stream and not just buy on traditional pay per view because then they're really cutting out to me a large core of their audience. Well, there's a there's a lot of people like I I can't watch unless I'm doing something like this, or I have like my son up for WrestleMania or or something like that. I haven't been able to watch a pay per view live in probably three years. Yeah, I just I don't have that kind of time in my schedule. 
And, you know, and it's sad because I, I don't, I really wish I could sit down and watch full productions and things. I, I really wish I could have sat down and watched both, um, both nights of Dentaco and watched them from start to finish. I just don't have that kind of time with not only with everything we have going on um, that we're trying to get created for the show and, and, and stuff for the show, but and all the promotions we watch and all that, but just in my personal life, I've got work to do. I've got, you know, I, I have a full-time job. I've got kids, you know, and then when I don't yeah, have all that, I've got a girlfriend, you know, so it, it's not like I have the time to drop 50 bucks to watch a pay-per-view live. And it's not even just pay-per-view. I mean, we live, we live in the time delay era. Right. You know, I mean, I mean, you know, the, the reason why sports are getting such a huge, um, you know, dollar amount to, to be sold to, to networks now is because they're the one thing that people tend to not time delay where people are, you know, watch, watch, you know, watching the shows and therefore seeing the ads in real time. Right. Where, where, you know, I mean, I time delay everything. I mean, obviously, yeah, as a cord cut, obviously as a cord cutter, I have to, but even before I was a cord cutter, I would record everything on my DVR and then I would watch it whenever I felt like watching and could fast forward through the commercials. Well, and, and it wasn't just fast forwarding <laughs> through commercials. It was just time restraints. Like, I don't have, especially for a, a show like WrestleMania, I can't sacrifice eight hours on a Sunday for WrestleMania. Well, the commercials are part of the time restraints, though. Right. I mean, when, when, you call it, when you call it the commercials, an hour-long show becomes 42 minutes. Right, exactly. <laughs> and... And you know that, and that's one reason why why my wife and I talked about it and went, went and we decided to be cord cutters is we were not watching anything that aired live live. So what was the point of us paying you know the the higher cable or satellite bills when we were when we weren't watching the stuff as it aired anyway? Here's the funny thing, and you're gonna laugh at me for this. Uh, I haven't turned my direct TV on in three months, but I I, 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 I don't I believe still... you. I still pay the 60 bucks a month for it. And here's the reason why, because I'm paying $60 a month for this uh, TV service. I have 15 to 20 apps that I can download on my phone, on my fire stick. I can watch on my computer for different channels on direct TV that I can now sign in for free on. So it's like here I'm, I'm, is that, is that, does that mean, are you actually, um, are you actually saving money that way? Oh, absolutely. Because if okay. you look at it, I'd be paying eight ninety nine, you know, at the very least five ninety nine for these services for these channels like the Discovery Channel and A and E and um, A and M, or uh, you know, all these other all these AMC. channels. AMC, yeah, and you know, Nickelodeon's another one, Noggin's another one, stuff for my kids. Sure. Um, I'd, I'd be paying five anywhere from five ninety nine to nine ninety nine for these services. I've got fifteen to twenty of these that I'm paying sixty bucks a month to have all of these. I, I'm probably saving sixty, seventy, eighty dollars a month by doing it this way. Well, and, that makes sense. And the other nice thing about it is now I can um, I can watch my shows. I can binge watch my shows. I don't have to sit through the commercials. I can watch them whenever I want. Like uh, um, um, Susan and I are big fans of Josh Gates and uh, Expedi- uh, that Expedition Unknown. We can sit down and watch like five, six episodes of that in an afternoon and just binge watch it and not have to go through any commercials or anything. That's oh, nice interesting. 
nice that they're wearing the NWA title belt. Yeah. So so we've got here. Here what we have, folks, is we have Dylan Enterprises. Here, talk for a little bit. I, I got to get something before I, this match starts. We have Dylan Enterprises coming out. So we have we have uh, the current ROH World Six Man Tag Team Champions, and they're going to be taking on Jeff Cobb, Yuji Nagata, and Satoshi Kojima. I believe this is a non-title match, though, and of course we have Matt Taven out there as well with the commentator with the commentating team. Uh, let's see, just double checking the titles are on the line. I'm pretty sure they're not, but let me see. Oh, it is. It is. Six man titles are on the line here. And interestingly, according to the according to my to the rundown here, Benito and Flukorn was supposed to be before this, so I wonder if. They switched the matches around, or if Bandito and Flip Gordon isn't happening for some reason tonight. <laughs> yeah, so we have Bill Enterprises going here, and I'm pretty sure that um, Marty Skrull contract is up at the end of this month. So this so this tour is probably the last we're going to see Marty Skrull in Ring of Honor, I'm guessing. So this might be a spot where they drop those six man belts. Um of course there's there's I think there's more events that's coming up. Let me take a look at the upcoming Ring of Honor schedule here. So June first is State of the Art. So there's this tour here and then um, it looks like nothing else until June, um, and I think this is only. I think, and, I, and I think just like Jonathan Gresham, this is the only night that Marty Skrull was booked on the tour. I'm just going to double check that here, but I remember that's what I thought I remember seeing earlier when I was going through all the other lineups for you guys. Yeah, Marty Marty Skrull's not on tomorrow night's show. We got Yuji Nagata taking on PC or not PC over Brody King to start with, and that's that's awesome. Yuji Nagata taking on Brody fucking King, and now he's asking King to tag out to Marty Skrull. So we're going to start with Marty Skrull versus Yuji Nagata instead. Okay, so Saturday night show. Well, my bladder was definitely more full than I thought it would be. Oh, cool. I'm going to have to get a uh, new shelf in my bathroom, so I got something to lean against on moments like that. I thought you were going to see a catheter. That would work, too. I was, I was just saying as you were gone that I believe this is the last month that Marty Scrolls under contract with Ring of Honor. And I don't. He's on any. And I'm, I'm going through all the lineups, but I'm pretty sure he's, this is. He's not on any. He's not listed on any of the other cards for this tour. And they don't have another show for Ring of Honor until June 1st. So this might be the time where the where Villain Enterprises drops those championships. Is this a title match? It is a title match. Yep, they're going to drop them. It'd be kind of weird for Nagata and Kojima to be part of the ROA Six Man Tag Team Champions, but eh, no more weird than uh, was it Cheeseburger? Wasn't he part of the IWGP there for a little bit? Uh, With um, 
or not cheeseburger. Who the hell was it? It was somebody from Ring of Honor that you just would never see as a champion. Well, I know Toriano was a ten, was a champion with the Briscoes. Yeah, and he also was with um, um, Toby. Uh, this is well, Makai. Well, he still was with Makabe and uh, uh, and Tamaguchi, right? Tamaguchi. I believe so. Yeah, but but I mean, I, I know when they first started when the title was first formed, it was it was the Briscoes and Toriano as the first champions. Yeah, and the funny thing is, is back then I thought. You know, I thought of Toriano as a complete joke, but then when you look at what he was back in uh, GBH, and when Chaos first formed under um, Shinsuke Nakamura, yeah, it, that dude was a very talented heel. It's weird to see him be this goofy guy that he is now when you see when you look at and realize what he used to be like. Yeah, I mean, I mean, really, in a lot of ways, he's an old school wrestler too. I mean, yeah, because because he's always got the he's doing the misdirection and he always does like the he does like the low blows to get the roll ups and things like that. Please tell me you just saw what Brody King was doing. A um, little bit. That's sickening. I mean, I I I hate that kind that style of um, showmanship and all the um, where it's this one upmanship that is now a part of wrestling. Yeah. But that was a really cool spot between him and Jeff Cobb. What a line. Was that Cabana? No, that was Taven. Matt Taven oh, yeah, okay. this match. Brazilian bikini wax. I really do enjoy watching PCO because he always seems like he's having so much fun out there. One thing, yeah, that is true. Um, well, he's 57 years old and still and still one of the most popular guys on the planet. I mean, how can you how can you not be having fun? I do he, have. Is to, he really 57 years old? I I don't know. He's he's in his 50s. I know that. That's why you know, I keep. I'm gonna, I'm gonna what, look that up. That's why I keep telling you. I think he's gonna die in the ring at some point. He's he's way too old to be doing the things he's doing. Um, but one thing I have to call out Ian Riccoboni for, and I love Ian Riccoboni. He's one of my favorite uh, play-by-play guys. Him and Kevin Kelly right now are my two favorites. Um, but he he'd said something on the um, Crockett Cup about PCO that I swear to God he is watching somebody other than what we are watching. When he said that um, PCO gave just one of the most beautiful moonsaults he's ever seen. Maybe for his size. Not even for his size. Vader gave better looking moonsaults. 51. Yeah, I, I knew he was in his 50s. Yeah, but there's a difference between being 51 and 57. I mean, 57, you're past the 55 mark. You know. Oh, man. My leg is cramping up something fierce. Yeah, this very well could be Marty's last match because I thought his contract was up the end of April. Honestly, I did. Honestly, I did too. I thought but, he was only under contract through April. Maybe you know. Well, no, it was a six-month contract he signed for, for November, so I mean, it makes sense to me it would be through May. But 
No, it's, no, because he, because he, if it was through April, if it's through May, he wouldn't be able to appear at Double or Nothing at all, would he? No. So maybe, so maybe this is. Oh, man. I mean, maybe they, maybe he's allowed to do this one extra match just to drop the titles. Maybe, he's, maybe he's authorized that. It's maybe, possible. Maybe, maybe you got a hundred thousand dollar payday like Jeff Jarrett did. I doubt that much, but um, I, I, I'm wondering if you know this might be like just a appearance rate for him because I could have swore his contract was up the end of April. Okay, I'm gonna need to take a break. So you can, you can, you can fill the bus, or we can go, to, or you can take commercial break, or both if you want. Uh, let's, let's take commercial break. Okay. And we're back. Well, I guess I'm back. Shane's not back yet, but I'm back here. Um, just really enjoying the six-man tag match. Uh, this was kind of what I was hoping we were going to get out of the Evil Sonata match. Um, this has actually been a, a fun little little match to see. I mean, Marty's Marty uh, Brody King has been amazing. Jeff Cobb is just a freak of nature, and PCO I, dude's got to be dead. He he has to not be human. There's no way that he that any man much less a guy who's in his 50s can pull off these kind of moves. You know, there were a couple of really good spots with Marty trying to avoid um, Jeff Cobb hitting him. And, um, but I know, I know Shane and I were talking about this before the break, and um, it, it begs to be really talked about here, is that Marty Skrull, um, with the run he's been on in Ring of Honor, it just it almost seems like, it's destiny for him to leave and this to be his last match. 
But at the same time, the run he's been on for the last year really has him in a position where it's sad to see him leave. I, it was one thing when he was with uh, the Elite and, and Bullet Club and everything, and they had all those guys. But to see him reinvent himself and to come out as one of the top faces in the company and form this uh, this Villain Enterprises unit, and Brody King and PCO really fit him, really complement him very well. It, it's almost kind of a sad thing that if this is his last match, that we're watching his last match in Ring of Honor. Um I guess you know time will tell and we'll find out here, but it just the more and more things the cards are rolling here, the more and more it looks like that's what's going to happen. Um, in fact, to be honest, I could honestly see Marty getting the pin and uh, Brody King and PCO turning on him. Uh, to be honest with you, I, mean, I guess we'll have to see what happens here. But um, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's my thought. And you can hear the hear the show playing in, uh, through Shane's microphone there. I decided to watch it on my computer, so I'm only hearing it in my headphones. But um, I, I, this this has been a very entertaining match. Uh, you know, not the six man matches we've come to expect out of people like Taven and and the Kingdom, or when the Bucks and Adam Cole and the Bucks and Cody had it. Even the Bucks and Marty Scurll had it. Um, but this has been a very entertaining six man match. And Jeff Cobb is just a freak of nature. Just watching him uh, pick up, uh, he picked up both Brody King and Marty Skrull, suplexed them out of, I I don't want to say desperation, but Jeff Cobb is just a freak of nature. Are we back? Oh, yeah, we've been back for a few minutes here. I was was kind of talking. Well, you know the problems I've been having with my stomach and my leg, my leg really cramped up, so I had, to re- I had to rehydrate myself and stuff because otherwise I'm probably like heading for a trip where I don't want to go right now. So. Yeah, we don't want that. Um, yeah. But I was I was talking about Marty Skrull and how the run he's been on for the last year and how he's reinvented himself with Villain Enterprises. Um, you know, it's almost it, it's it's a it's a refreshing. I, I want to see him back with his friends and be in AEW, but at the same time, the run he's been on, it, it would be kind of sad to see him actually leave Ring of Honor at this point. So, have you been, you know, obviously I've been, I shouldn't say obviously, but I'm kind of out of the loop of being the elite lately. But I did see, like, one of the episodes or something about, you know, their, their dead friends. So, has he been. Have, I haven't watched what, that what, one. Okay, so. <laughs> I was just wondering how they've been alluding to Marty on there because I, I agree. With you. I mean, I, I mean, I wouldn't be. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not opposed to him going to AEW, obviously, but I would really hate for him to go there, and it, everything just be fine between them. You know, I, I want him. I want him to have um, pathos and disagreements and real animosity towards the friends that left him. You know. Yeah. I. I it's the more and more I think about it. The run he's been on, I would not mind seeing him stay in Ring of Honor, to be honest with you. I think he's been on a hell of a run this last year. Well, I mean, and that would Go ahead, I'm sorry. He's become a bigger star without the elite than he was with the elite, if that makes sense. But I think we know that he eventually is going to end up in AEW. I mean, there's almost no way that's not going to happen. 
So I mean, of course we thought, of course I thought the same thing about Kota Ibushi too. So maybe not. But yeah. Well, but I, I mean, it, it makes sense because those are his friends, you know, and you know, you know, he's still in contact. They've alluded to him occasionally on and off, on on um, being the elite, but. I haven't seen that dead friends one yet, and I, I haven't seen the. I don't think I've seen the last two weeks. I did watch Double or Road to Double or Nothing today, and Cody um, Jericho came into Cody's office, and then um, Cody really lit into Jericho. Yeah, I haven't seen that one yet, but I did see. I did see the one last Saturday. I want to say where Cody was was doing his response to Dustin. Yeah, and and you know you and I talked on the last show about how that was a match that I was kind of like fifty fifty on. His his what Cody said about not wanting to hurt his brother, but really wanting to to prove that the Attitude Era wasn't what the Attitude Era was, and to finally kill the Attitude Era. Yep. that really got me. I mean, that really was like something that really made me super interested into the match. I, I and I've been into the match too, just because it was something that they were alluding to when they both were under their gold dust stardust personas, and we never got to see it. It's something that I've been kind of looking forward to for a while. Yeah. Um. But it, you're right. That that kind of thing where he just said, you know, this isn't personal. I love my brother, but I'm sick of the attitude era. Yeah. I thought that was that was a really good way to lay into it, or a really good way to turn it around and make this an interesting must see match. Yeah, and for those of you who didn't hear it, I mean, I'm going to try to to get that added as a sounder maybe for next week's show so we can we can discuss it more on there. Um, but yeah, I mean that that really has me super interested in that in that match. I mean, I I mean I understand you know where you're coming from as far as you know waiting kind of waiting the match for the match for a while. I just thought it, it needed more build up now that they're both you know different characters um than than kind of rushing it you know right away um but speaking speaking of double or nothing and chris jericho how amazing is it that chris jericho in 2019 now if i told you two years ago that he was going to be in the main event of a huge show for two different promotions within the span of like two weeks of each other would you have believed me What do you mean within two weeks? Did I miss well, something? Yeah, he's facing Kenny Omega in the main event of Double or Nothing. Yeah, I knew I knew and that. Then, and, and, and then he's and then he's challenging Kazushiko Okada for the World Championship at Dominion. On I June did not. 9th. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. Yeah, I had no clue. I didn't know yeah. that. Okay, so yeah, I mean, apparently at the end of um, Dotaku, he came out and challenged challenged Okada. Jesus, I gotta start watching the post match interviews. Because <laughs> I seem to lose so much by not watching those. Yeah. Yeah, I shut it off the second that match was over. The Okada match was over because I had to move on to other things. But uh, well, that's, uh, well, you you actually did get a chance to watch it today. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I watched it on lunch. Was it a, was it as outstanding as we expected it to be? <sighs> Yeah, but it, it, the looming thing of Sonata losing the match and how much we, um, you know, didn't want it, yeah. kind of, it was kind of, it kind of took a lot of out of my sails. I, I want to watch it again, you know, now that I've actually seen it, so I can sit down and actually just watch it and not have that pending of doom of when is this going to end. Oh, gotcha. Because I, I think I lost a lot. It was an outstanding match. But I think it, it could have been better if I didn't have that pending doom throughout the whole thing. That makes a lot of sense. 
I, I don't think it was as good as the um, Ishimori uh, Dragon Lee match, though. That was a good match. Ishimori and oh yeah, that was fantastic. That, I mean that that was the thing I liked the most about that match is they did such a great job of incorporating the um, Japanese hard style with the lucha libre. Like it was it was a perfect blend. There was enough spacing between the high lucha libre spots <laughs> um, that were filled in nicely with the uh, Japanese strong style. It, it was just it was such a well done match. Basically, it wasn't a Marty Skrull, uh will Ospreay match. What's that? It wasn't a Will Ospreay, um marty Skrull match. It was, a, it was a really interesting blend of strong style and lucha libre. Yeah, I, I thought it was fantastic. I can't believe this guy is still this old, or is still wrestling. I can't believe this guy is still this old. No, he was gonna get young. he was gonna get younger. Well, Nagata. I mean, how old is he? Oh, I was talking about PCO. Now we know he's old. Uh, let me look at let me look it up too. <laughs> I think Nagata's probably in his fifties too, right? Yeah, I, I think he's he's older than Suzuki, isn't he? I don't know, Suzuki's like old as dirt, isn't he? Suzuki, yeah, he's like 50, 54, something like that. Yuji uh, Nagata is a younger 51 than PCO is by about yeah. five months. God, he looks like an older 51. He just turned 51 on April 24th. How did that not break? Oh, and I noticed during Crockett Cut, and you're seeing it again here, that this is kind of explained by PCO being the legal man. Don't forget that, about, we just saw the most beautiful moonsault in the world right there. Well, they pulled it off. This isn't <laughs> going to be Marty's last match. Yeah, I guess not. Interesting. I guess they kind of had to have PCO get the pinfall here and everything to really sell the fact that he's going to be facing the world champion tomorrow. Yeah, that's an excellent point. Suzuki is just under two months younger than um, Nagata. So he's 50 right now. He turns 51 on June 17th. Okay. Who's the other guy in this match? <laughs> Brody King? No. Or Satoshi Kojima? Yeah, how old is he? He was born September 14, 1970, so he is 48 right now. Wow. Here comes the kingdom. Ah, so I'd like to see. <laughs> what everybody likes to hear, though, is the kingdom of honor. <laughs> exactly. Oh, look at Matt Taven just slowly walking down the ringside. Yes, yes, he did. Oh, there's the belt shot. (coughs) Nice shoes, Matt. 
Is he really wearing white dress shoes? With jeans and a... He is? You do not like that style? No, I'm not a fan of that. Oh, and no socks either. He doesn't have socks on either. That's great. Brilliant. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's like... Kind of looks like what Randy Orton wore back in the day. When he's part of uh, Evolution. It looks kind of like what... Uh, Miami Vice used to wear back in the 80s. That too. It's weird seeing Marty Skrull not the center of attention here, though. What's that? It's kind of weird seeing Marty Skrull not the center of attention here. Yeah, I guess so. You know, with him being the leader and all that, he's kind of, uh, he kind of took, you know, second stage to, well, probably third to PCO and Brody King. Well, I think he kind of has to, because I think, you know, I I don't think he's staying. So, I mean, just to kind of put over his guys, I think, on on the way out, it's, it's, it's interesting. I don't think I could I could really stomach PCO as the world champion. You couldn't? No. Why? I have just I, I'm still afraid he's gonna die in the ring. That's funny. Your wife Sarah, she's was watching you uh, get all fresh with Angelina Love? That's cool. Actually, and I was, uh, you know, when you were, when I was doing my little filibuster, I was mentioning that, you know, we could hear the uh, the show in the background. I'm actually watching it on my computer. Yeah. Um, so it's playing in my headphones in the background of what we're actually, uh, you know, over our, vo- our, underneath our voices. Kitty King. Seriously? Okay, this is funny. What the hell is he doing? I don't know. I think we're going to find out, though. (laughs) What the hell is he doing? I just remember his last run in TNA before he came back to Ring of Honor. He was still probably the best part of TNA during that time, running the same type of character. Surgery. Uber, like, you, you don't know nothing, man. Uh, anyway, this can't happen. 
So do you think they mean they moved the Flip Gordon versus Bandito match to the main event? Are we just not getting that on the show tonight? <laughs> no, no opinion, Jeff. Sorry, I was on mute. Uh, I don't, I don't honestly know. Uh, it looks like it's gear enough to be the main event. It would make sense because it is something that a lot of people have been looking forward to, and none of these other matches have really had any buildup. True. I guess we'll see if they announce it as a main event or not. Well, we got to watch God first. Yeah, we really don't need God in the main event of two different shows on this tour. Yeah, if you're a tag team, you should be coming down together, not separately. He's just an awkwardly little guy. Well, I don't know. Susan told me it was a good size for you. Wow. That, that's, wow. I just don't even know what to say. <laughs> Second time tonight, you had me speechless. You're welcome, audience. You're welcome. <laughs> my dog must have got done with her bones. Now she's now she's trying to get right in my face. Yeah, Lethal and uh, Gresham. I mean, I wouldn't mind them being the tag team champions because we wouldn't have to worry about Gre- about Lethal being in the world title picture at least for a while. And I really do enjoy Gresham in tag team matches, you know. And we get the belts off God. Yeah, that's the that's the other big thing. I, I just I just don't you know I I wonder how long this you know how long their working range agreement is going to last after. You know, War of the Worlds is over. I mean, is there, are they going to keep staying with Ring of Honor? Are they going to go to AEW? I mean, it's it's interesting because I because I really think the, I really personally thought the only reason they stuck with ROH during that transition was because of the the Madison Square Garden show. Well, yeah, and I don't know. I mean, if there, I think if there had been a chance for them to work with AEW that um, Kenny wouldn't have left. I mean, that was one of the things he said. One of the main reasons he left was because they were not going to work with AEW. Well, they said not at this time. That doesn't mean they can't be reevaluated down the road. It's not, it's not like AEW could really... I mean, it's not like NJPW could really state a New Japan or Ring of Honor's face, well, we'll stick with you through the through the uh, Madison Square Garden show, but then we're out. You know, I mean, that what kind of trust would that have built heading into the heading into both organizations' biggest show of all time. See, and that's what annoys me is why can't they work with both companies? You know, why can't Ring of, Ring of Honor is working with two, three companies? Why can't, uh, why can't New Japan? Well, I think the problem is that Ring of Honor sees AEW as a competitor rather than as uh, – more than um, – I mean, it's, it's, like, 
Right. I mean, it's, it's not like Ring of Honor is working with both NJPW and All Japan or DDT or something like that, you know? Yeah, that's true. I, I think Ring of Honor is perfectly fine working with companies that they might see as um, assets instead of. Um, I was going to say as as beneath as as lower than them in the totem pole right now. You know. I can't believe that anybody sees New Japan as lower than than them in the totem pole. Oh, in the in the U.S. I mean, in the U.S. Oh, okay. I was going like, to say because like like NWA is obviously is the you know the oldest professional wrestling organization of all time, but. That doesn't mean that they're, they're that they have the prestige anymore. No, they absolutely don't. And a lot of the reason they don't is because every time they somebody you know uses their titles for a little while, they change their name after a few months, a few years, or whatever. Right. And and then owners. Yeah. Because the titles have been restarted what three or four times now, right? Oh, more than that. I mean, well, I guess I take that back because Crockett had it all the way through the sale, and he had it from the 30s. So, but after it, you know, after WCW, it switched to WCW, and they phased out the NWA titles. They were gone until um, WWE brought them back for what a, a year-long storyline with Jarrett and Crockett and all that. If that. Or, uh, Cornette, Jarrett, and Cornette, and, and Midnight Express, and then it went away again until TNA brought it out in like 2002, and they had it till what, 06, 07? Something like that, yeah, and, and then, then, they, it, then they formed their own championships and got rid of them, yeah. Yep, and then it went away again until Corgan bought it. Well, no, it was still out there, just that it wasn't, right. I mean, because like Adam Pierce and... You know, that's when Colt Cabana and Adam Pierce and those guys were the champs. Yeah, I mean, it was in some of the smaller, like uh, Hollywood and Arizona and, and things like that. Some of the smaller promotions were still NWA. But it, uh, as far as national presence, those were the last real three times it was a national presence up until recently. Right. And even now, I don't know if I can call them a national presence considering they really don't have anything other than an eight-minute-a-week skit on YouTube. No, they're not a national presence. They they can call themselves a national wrestling alliance if they want to, but they do not have a national presence. I think there's old-school fans, you know, like like you and I that want them to be great, and and there's probably people that are even older than us, you know, that grew up on it, you know, and grew up on even the times that were before we were fans that – you know, they probably still really respect the NWA name and maybe even are super loyal to it, but but they don't have but they have no prestige and they have no power really in the wrestling world and they're certainly not a national promotion. No. And you they're know, not, I was, they're not they're not they're really not even what ECW was in in the nineties, you know. Well and I was I was thinking about this because there are different promotions out there that do have weekly television shows. Um, you know that are NWA affiliates like Championship Wrestling of Hollywood, and um, you know they may not be syndicated shows, but they're you know they do have weekly local shows. Um, I, I don't see why NWA or and Corgan's portion of it can't team up with those guys to do some storylines and 
put on some uh, television shows and build some stars while working with these smaller promotions. You know, at the same time, you're helping out the smaller promotion too because you've got the world champion there. So, you know, you're building the brand plus you're building up the talent. You're putting a product on every single week to hopefully eventually get into your own TV, you know, national syndicated show. I just think there's a lot of opportunity for them that they're they're really not taking advantage of. And I guess I don't know, you know, I, I'm not a TV producer. I'm not a in the wrestling business and all that stuff, but it just it just seems like it, you should be able to make it work. You should be able to team up with Arizona. You should be able to team up with Hollywood. You should be able to team up with, um, uh, what was that one in Oregon? Um, I can't remember what their name is, but there's, you know, there's a lot of smaller organizations that are part of the NWA branch that do have, that do put on weekly shows. Right, and it could be it could kind of be kind of like the territories were, you know, in before WWE started snatching things up, where you know the champion would go around to the different territories and, and defend the championship there. Right. But 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 I mean, I still, and I mean, you know, that may be going on as for you know for for all we know, we we don't you know really watch the championship wrestling from Hollywood shows. We have other things that we're focused on. But 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 that's still really, you know, if, there, if there's Hollywood, and there's Arizona, and there's the Oregon show. You know what else is really out there for them to to do this stuff on? I mean, well, I mean, I mean, just, I mean, he's, I mean, he's also he's also done it on the um, House of Hardcore shows and Ring of Honor shows. But how do you develop a national national excuse me a national awareness and a national presence when you're having to rely on other organizations to get your product out there? Yeah, well, that's I mean, that's what I'm saying is, is we're talking about <laughs> build a roster and build a. Um, you know, a product before they can sell it to advertisers and get a TV slot, TV slot. You know, right. that's one way to do it. At least then they're actually producing content. Right. As opposed to piggybacking off of Ring of Honor right now. And having their eight minute weekly show on YouTube. Although they did do a good job leading up to Crockett Cup with some of the qualifying matches, they did have a lot of the tag matches on there. What's that? The, they did have a lot of the qualifying tag matches for the Crockett Cup that oh, were on broad, yeah, no, that were broadcast on on YouTube on their YouTube channel. Oh, okay. I think they had some on, on Honor Club as well. I guess I I don't know. I guess that, I didn't know that, but I I knew they had some. That was kind of an awkward fall by Jay Lethal. What is Jonathan Gresham doing? It's like he's swimming. Um, I think he's this holding his arm in pain, or his face in pain. Yeah, but why is he kicking his legs? Because um, he's in pain? Oh. Have you, never kicked your, have you never kicked your legs and arms when you were in a lot of pain? Not like that. Oh. Well, maybe you need to learn how to swim on the on the mat then. Right, so I'm gonna put that on my uh, on my to do list. Learn how to swim. Learn how to swim on the mat. But first, you have to you have to put on your list to get mat. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true. 
right. This so, is so, so so Ryan can get double or nothing for fifteen bucks. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> so it, that means it's probably be at least thirty over here, because because the other stuff he gets for twenty, we get for forty. Yeah, but the problem is, is it's still, it's sounding like it's going to be a Directv pay-per-view type thing, which maybe Dazone will. What's that? Maybe that DAZN app will have it. What? Wait, what app? Uh, D-A-Z-N. DAZN. D-A-Z-N. You've never heard of this app? No, what is it? Have you not been watching, like, uh, the Madison Square Garden show where every match had the logo on it? What, the G1 Supercard had this? Yeah. Apparently I missed it. Literally every match, every, um, every, before every match when they showed the graphics, had the DAZN logo over one of the wrestlers. You realize that was a month ago, right? Yeah. But this is something that's been... And you, and you, and you, realize, and you realize that I've been sick that entire month, right? But, yeah, but <coughs> it's, it's not something that's new. <laughs> it's been I, out there for six, eight months now. They should, what they do is they take like uh, um, boxing matches that would normally be fifty dollar pay per views and they and they broadcast them for free. And how do they get away with that? I don't know. D A Z N. I'm not really <laughs> up on market stuff, but it, it's a lot like the fight fight app is. Oh, you know, I, I noticed on the new uh, the new uh, Impact Plus app, by the way, that I, I don't know if they were on there before and we just didn't see it, but they have World Series Wrestling on there. Oh, I haven't even had a chance to get on that app yet. It's on my list. I logged into it, um, but I haven't had a real chance to get on it. I've been watching too much Evolve, watching some old Mox, Moxley and Callahan stuff. Okay, so the D... DAZN is $100 a year for over 100 fight nights a year without the pain of pay-per-view. Yeah, I never really looked into it, so I didn't know how it worked. <laughs> I figured they had to have – it had to be some kind of um, paid service, but I did, didn't really look into it. I just knew that I'd seen broadcasting for it and ads for it for, God, probably since last October. <laughs> yeah, I'm seeing, so I'm seeing that they have UFC and boxing on there. I'm not seeing anything about wrestling on there. It doesn't mean they don't have it, though. So, so that must so that must be how they how they are able to to show the paper use because they charge it um, on a yearly or monthly or monthly basis. Because twenty dollars a month or it's a hundred dollars for a year. What sports does Jason have in the United States? Or DAZN, however you pronounce the fucking thing. I, I guess I don't know either. I just, I've heard it DAZN, I've heard it DAZN. MLB, boxing, and MMA is what it has. Well, maybe they won't be showing it on that then. 
assuming they can't add wrestling at some point. Right. I just, I still think it's weird that we're now two weeks away from the show and we still have, don't know where it's going to be broadcast. I mean, except for, like you said, it was leaked on a, by AT&T that DirecTV will have it. And we found out today that where it's being broadcast in the UK. But I still, it's just still weird that we're a week away or you know two weeks away and we still don't know where it's going to be or what's, how much it's going to be anything. Yeah, and we're still three weeks away from when Cody said it was going to be announced soon, and we're a week away from when he said the second time he said it was going to be announced soon. So, you know, I mean, I, I think I think his definition of soon and ours is a, a lot different. I've not seen much, much of this match at all. It hasn't been that bad. I mean, considering GODs, don't you mean? Yeah, and I haven't seen really the chemistry from. Uh, Lethal and Gresham that we've come to know so well. That was a sloppy lethal combination. Yeah. Lethal's looked off this entire match. He doesn't look like the same guy. so shitty all the time. Yeah, he doesn't really... He always lands on his feet before he hits the elbow. Yep. I'm sorry, I know I'm missing one of your guys, but... Now, he's not the guy that he was in 2016 when I was talking about him being great. He's definitely, he's definitely lost a lot of what he had back then. And I mean, it's, you know, I hate to talk down on some of these guys because they're a hell of a lot more uh, talented than I am. But, and they, you know, they do have times in their careers when they are incredibly talented, but it's just, it's been sad to see the decline of Jay Lethal over the last three years. Yeah, I mean, it, well, I, I think I think it's a simple fact is that, you know, there's guys that are suited to be awesome mid-card champions. There's guys that are suited to be great world champions. And I just think Lethal was never suited to be a great world champion. I think his first run, he it was a when he, you know, was a heel. And with Truth Martini and his first run as, as heavyweight champion, I thought he was really, really good. I just think his second run was... Forced upon him because of the injury at Dalton Castle, it was brought on way too soon, and because of it, he just <laughs> he really faltered, and he's lost so much momentum because of it. I I don't know. It's just not this. He's just not the same guy. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't remember I don't remember enjoying his first title reign very much either. And. It, Oh, he almost got, I mean, uh, Grisham almost got the pin. Oh, great. G- G-O-D won, so we get to have them as champions for a few more days at least. 
I mean, that wasn't a horrible G.O.D. match. I don't know that I would call it a great G.O.D. match, but it wasn't horrible. Well, no, it wasn't horrible, but my point is that I just don't like them being the champions of either promotion. Here, the Abyss is going to challenge them for the titles. I love the Jinsu one shirt. What y'all just see? Everybody watching at home, you don't realize what y'all just witnessed. Let me tell you, in case y'all didn't know, let me tell you. Jay Briscoe is just so talented. He's ridiculously talented, and yet he's he's. And yes, I love I love their tag team, but yet I mean he's he should be, in my opinion, the top star in the company. I mean, Mark is is unique and and has his benefits too. But compared to Jay, he's just he's not as good on the mic. He's not as good in the ring. I love the Briscoe Seems Day One shirt. That's great. <laughs> Making fun of the Usos. That's phenomenal. <laughs> Ring of Honor has a dojo now, too? Yeah, they've had one for a long time. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, the head trainer is delirious. Oh. Just like he's the head booker. Or actually, no, you know, no, you know what? I think it's actually... Cheeseburger's head, the head trainer now. That's where the whole uh, oh, the, th- that, the, the three S Shadow Squad came from. Yeah. Whatever happened to those guys? They just really, I mean, they were pushing uh, that one guy to be the next blue chipper, and he just hasn't been around for a while. What the hell is his name? Eli Iser. Yeah. He's gonna be at one of the shows coming up. I mentioned his name in one of those uh, fatal, those four man survivals. Okay. He was being pushed to the moon there for a while and just really kind of went away. Jay Briscoe is just, he's such a scary dude, too. Okay, so the straps are on the line in Chicago now. Well, yeah, we knew that was coming. I just I have this feeling it's going to be the Briscoes winning it back. They've been building to this match for so long. and So they be 12 times champions then? Or 11? I think it's 11, isn't it? I don't remember. That's why I'm asking. I think it's 11. Did Jay get cut up there? <laughs> oh, wow. Oh. oh, our show's almost done. <laughs> well, what do you know? 
I forgot to set it for three hours. That's my bad. And we still don't know who the chance are <laughs> or what the main event is. Are we going to get to see Bandito and tune in on Monday to find out if we got to see Bandito or not? <laughs> well, we can always keep talking. It's just that it's not going to be go out live. Is it still going to be recorded? <laughs> so it'll be on the replay? Yeah. Oh, all right. So sorry for listening live, guys. We're going to keep on. We're going to keep on talking. And if you lose us, I think there were some changes recently, so you guys might not lose us. But if you do, then we apologize, and you can certainly listen to us um, in the archives as it when it when it loads in a in a you know half an hour, forty five minutes or so. Yeah, and uh, I'm not going to go through all the plugs and everything. This was kind of a you know, on the fly type show, and I kind of thought Jay Briscoe got cut open there. Holy crap, he's bleeding like a pig. Um, yeah, you follow us on Facebook, you know, Kingdom of Honor, Twitter, at uh, Regi Co-op, at Zanman, L-O-P. Uh, we got some things in the works that uh, we're going to have to um, iron out here, but um, hopefully we'll have some announcements soon. Shane and I really got to talk about them at one of these one of these times when um, we're both feeling healthy. So join us on Monday. We'll have another live show. Anything you got to say, Shane? Uh, nope. That's that's all I uh I, I really have nothing. I mean uh, huh? They're they're doing an ad right now, so we still don't know if there's another match coming up. <laughs> it's got it. It's got to be the Bandito match. It has to be. That's the only one left. Unless this is, this is them telling us that uh, the show's over. Oh, here we go. Main event is Flip Gordon versus Bandito. All right, that's that's kind of what I was thinking it was going to be. That's really the only one that was really promoted, and it's a like, I mean, Riccoboni just said it. It's a dream match. It's one I've been looking forward to ever since Bandito signed with Ring of Honor. And seeing those two as a tag team, I mean, they had a really awkward moment with their finisher in that first match. It just didn't seem to flow very well. But Bandito is just he's he's amazing. And Flip can put on some good high-flying Lucha Libre-style matches, so I think this one's going to be actually really, really good. Now that I say that, it's going to be a two-star dud. No, I think it's going to be really good, too, but, I, but you know, Flip's put on some weight, and, of course, you can't stand the Cruiserweights to put on some weight, so you're going to end up hating Flip pretty soon. No, I, I've seen him. I saw him at the Crockett Cup. So. Well, I know, but, I mean, you hate Will Ospreay since he put on some weight, so I think it's going to end up being the I same with Flip. It wasn't because he put on weight. It's because he changed his style. He changed what made him great. What made him great was good storytelling and ridiculously athletic moves. Why is Lifeblood coming out? Which he still does, because Bandito's part of Lifeblood. Yeah, but why are they coming out? Because he's part of Lifeblood. I get that, but Bandito didn't come out for their match. Well, I think they they just kind of... Are they even still up there with him? I don't see them out there anymore. They were just on the ramp. Yeah, that's all. And where's the leader? Where's Juice? Is he good for this show? <clears throat> no. Oh, yeah, they're still out there. They're in the corner. He's they're not booked. No, he, oh, are they? Yeah. Yeah, I see Mark now. No, Juice is not booked for this uh, tour. And he wasn't booked for Dentaco either, except for that tag match, was he? Um, no, he had, he had a U.S. title match on one of the on one of the shows. Wasn't it, wasn't it one of the talk shows? No, no, he didn't. Because the only matches were those four. 
The only singles matches were those the four big ones that I talked about. I know I saw him defend the U.S. title against both Fale and um, what's his face, uh, Chase Owens. That must have been in a Road Two show. Yeah, it must. It might have been one of the a couple of the bigger Road Two shows because I think it was back to back nights he defended against Bullet Club. Yeah, Chase Owens is another guy I don't know what they're doing with. He seems to be a, a stop-start type. Um, promotion of him lately. Right. He doesn't put on that much weight. What, five pounds maybe? Look at him. Look how buff he is now. He's not that. He was always built like that. No, he wasn't. Go back and look at some of the other stuff. He needs to get rid of the man. Maybe, maybe in your fantasies, when you were sitting there in the bathroom with some lotion and some uh, toilet paper, he was. But no, he was not that built before. I, I, I can't even validate it. You're still. You're still. That's the third time I made you speechless tonight. I know. It's <laughs> kind of depressing. <laughs> so is that Bandito's hair, or is that like an extension from his mask? Um, I don't know. I guess, I guess it depends whether he's caning it up or not, doesn't it? I didn't realize his hair was that damn long. Okay, guys, let's get to it here. Yeah, this really is going to be special. But I don't need you guys, like, pumping each other out up in the middle of the ring. I mean, I'd rather, I'd rather see you guys fight each other. Yeah, I don't – This it's taking way too long to get going into this. Yeah, great, we get it. This is not a Rock Hogan moment. And, no, it's not a dream match because it's, because it's two guys in the same promotion. Obviously, they're going to face each other at some point. It's one I've been looking for ever since Bandito came to Ring of Honor, but it's not a dream match. Right. Hey, is that that terminology is 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 overused. Well, everything. I mean, it, it's gotten to the point where ninety percent of wrestling is overused. And maybe it wouldn't be if we didn't watch so much of it and so many different promotions. We probably wouldn't pick on a pick up on it as much. But it just seems like if something looks good or works in one promotion, it's got to be copied by every wrestler in that promotion and then every other promotion too. Yes. What I really want to see is a one-on-one with Bandito and Dragon Lee. After that um, three-way they had at, at, in Madison Square Garden. Well, I think we'll, I think we well I I'm not, didn't look at the blocks, but it's possible we'll see that at best of the Super Juniors because I know they're both in the 20-man field. What the fuck is that? The dancing? Yeah, what the hell was that? Well, it's just more showboating. It's embarrassing. Yes. Flip yes, should never, ever, ever do that again. I think Flip's in the best of the Super Juniors, too, isn't he? Well, I don't know. I haven't seen sure. any of the cards yet for it. Or any of the brackets. Well... Right, I haven't seen the I haven't seen the uh, the blocks, but I thought that he was one of the twenty announced. 
BOSJ 2019. Yeah, they just said it. They're both in the same block. <laughs> is that a round robin or is that a um, single elimination? It's round robin. It's just it's it's the juniors version of G1. Okay, so we'll get to see them at least once. Yeah. See, I told you. He doesn't look that much bigger. He he really does. Does he really? I guess I didn't. All right, that was kind of interesting. Okay, I, I'm over this showboating stuff. Let's get to a match here. Body scissors, wheelbarrows, wristlock takeover. No, Mancino. Yeah, they're going slow motion too. Yeah, I'm I'm really over this. Yeah, I mean I mean I I was a huge fan of the um, Eddie Guerrero Dean Malenko matches in ECW, but it right. was those matches that started this indie this showboating indie. Pose style of of uh, starting matches off and stuff, and, and that and that well, just, seems like it's never gone away. And this one is really taking it to a new level. I mean, <laughs> we're good, what three four minutes into this match, and they're still doing the showboating. Oh, because they're so evenly matched. Up. So they're more evenly matched than anyone else ever has been ever. Exactly, obviously. Oh, there's a double drop kick. Now we get the double flip up, kip up. Okay, now we get the standoff. Here we go. Now maybe we can actually get into a goddamn match. Don't hold your breath, man. Do we sound like old fogies when we're complaining about this kind of stuff? <laughs> we must. I'm sure we probably do. <laughs> to all the younger fans that just love this shit. <laughs> Yeah. I, I think the problem we're, we're, is is that we love storytelling more. I think, and I think the problem is is we've actually seen all this done before and done so much better. You know, actually been done like like you said, Malenko and and Guerrero. When they did it, it was all part of the story they were telling in the ring. This is just to show that hey, we're both evenly matched. This has nothing to do with the story that they're going to tell. Right, because because are they even going to even tell the story? Exactly. I mean, when Guerrero and Malenko did it, it was that was the start of their story, and it led into their story, and it, because that match ended in a in a time limit draw, so you they started their match with the showing how equally matched we are, and it ended with them in a tie. It was a perfect start to the story that they told. Right. This is not. Yeah, we don't need to th- them to throw bombs at each other. I'd be much more impressed if they were actually just wrestling. Yeah, it's <coughs> and that's another thing too. I mean, we were talking about the whole standoff in the middle of the ring and the hit me and stuff. It's it's fine when you're watching Shibata and Ishii, Ishii, two you know two hundred and fifty plus pound guys doing it. 
when you're watching two guys that are barely 180 <coughs> who are not known for their striking, they're known for their flips and their, you know, their impressive moves do it. It just, it loses something. It's not as impressive. It's not as fun. No, it's I, I think, I think you and I talked about that on a, on a match not that long ago. It used to be you had your brawlers and your strikers and, you know, those were the heavyweights. And then you had your cruiserweights and light heavyweights that were the fast paced, you know, high octane type matches. And now every match is the exact same way. They've got to be able to brawl and, and strike hard. Plus they've got to be able to fly around like their cruiserweights. There's no, there's nothing. It's not like, uh, in the 80s and 90s where you'd watch a show and there'd be a little bit, you know, something for everybody. Now it's everything's in every match. Did, did you see Whip do the inverted cannonball that Willie Mack does? Yeah, I saw it, it, it's, it's a lot less expressive when Flip does it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, no, and, 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 and there's like no impact to it. Even though he did put on that extra 20 pounds. Yes. I was going to backflip off of there, I bet. Oh, of course. Not. Well, this is interesting. I'd like to see him stand up and do the O Canada <laughs> like Petey Williams used to do right there. So AEW is listed as sixty dollars on the on the regular television pay per view buy rate. Yeah, that ain't happening. It's five dollars more than Money in the Bank. Yeah, that ain't happening. I, I'm not paying sixty bucks to watch that. I mean, the matches that are announced, there's nothing over the top spectacular that I really need to see. There's a couple of matches I want to see. But I can wait until it shows up uh, for free on a streaming service at some point. Well, you know, and, and here's the thing: even if I really wanted to see it that night, and I mean, I mean, you know, you know, we, we've always talked about on the show how disappointed I was that my wife and I weren't able to get tickets to, to go actually go to the show live because of the because um, of, the, of the way that AEW d- decided to do their um, pre-sale stuff. Right. Um, but you know, the the fact is that I'm going to be in Colorado that entire week beforehand. Right. So, so even if I really wanted to see it, if, even if I was dying to see this show, I'm going to be I'm going to be back in town the Friday night before after not seeing my wife for a week. So am I going to spend Saturday night watching a fucking wrestling show? Exactly. No, I'm not. I, I'm going to I'm going to be spending the entire weekend with my wife, catching up with her in more ways than one, you know, and and, and I'm not going to and it's, and and although my wife will tolerate watching a wrestling show with me. I would never even think to ask her to do that. I want to spend time with her, doing something that we doing something that we can both enjoy. Um, right. You know, rather than you know saying, "Well, honey, I haven't gone for a week. Why don't you go sit in the bedroom with the dogs while I watch wrestling out here?" You know, it's you know, I mean, I have to be a complete fucking asshole of a husband to do something like that. So, I mean, I guess the bottom line is whether you know if I can even if I can afford it, even if it's available to me, there's no way I'm going to be able to watch it prior to. Um, there's no way that I'm, that I'm going to take the time to watch it, I should say, prior to um, prior to our show that that following um, Saturday. So I mean, we if, or that following Monday. So I mean, we might it might be one of those times where I where I look at 
the results beforehand and be like, okay, so I didn't get a chance to watch the show, but let's kind of talk about what happened. There. You know, I, th- I think that's what we're going to have to do because I, uh, even if I could afford it, I wouldn't pay sixty bucks to watch a standalone show. No. You know, and like, like, we, like we talked about with Impact. I mean, it's it's twenty um, nineteen now, and and you know that the, the really the pay per view model that for that that price of shows went away five over five years ago now when WWE Network started. I I kind of get why they don't have their own streaming service simply because they don't have a catalog of 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 shows to put on there. They don't have a best of Cody or a best of, you know, all that, all those matches and everything are owned by other promotions. They don't have a catalog to put on there so that you can justify charging somebody 10 bucks a month. And they probably won't have that. Well, that's fair. That's, that's true. Other than the fact that there's guys like you and I that are willing to be early adopters that would pay that as long as we're not also having to pay a premium the, to watch their pay-per-view events. Right. Yeah. I mean, I would pay you know ten bucks a month to watch their uh, their pay-per-view every single month. Right. I mean, and, and with the we got four shows you know announced. You know, they've got Double or Nothing announced. They have Fight for the Fallen in July. They have the um, I can't remember the name of it, but that one about the, you know that uh, video game one in Florida in, in like June or August. I can't remember if it's June or, or what oh, that fight, is. Fight Fest. Fight Fest, that's the one, and then and then they've already announced Double or Nothing Two. I mean, all or all in two, in most likely in, in Chicago and most likely in September. You know. I just I don't know how they were able to get um, all in on the Fight app when they were self promoting it, but they can't get all in on the Fight app as part of an actual promotion, or they can't get Double or Nothing on there. My understanding from and again this is coming well this is coming from Dave Meltzer so take it with a grain of salt obviously right but but what he said is basically that they think that they want to be more big time than being on the fight app oh fuck that get your name out there you know basically you know basically that you know it's going to be on traditional pay per view and it's going to be and you know and they they might have a streaming option. But it's only going to be on fight if they can't come up with if they can't you know develop another partnership prior to the show basically it's something like that like it seemed it seems like you know fight was going to be their last option for getting the show out there to as a streaming show. I guess that would explain why it's taken them so long to uh, to announce it. But I totally agree with you. I'm not going to pay sixty goddamn dollars to watch the show. No, absolutely not. Uh, the most I would pay is forty. The very most. I, I don't and even. And, think and, I, even, and even that is pushing it. Yeah, I don't even think I, I. I think I'd cap out at twenty, and even that would for me would be pushing it because it's I'm not getting anything else, and I could use that twenty bucks in thirty other places, especially at that time when I'm closing on my house three days later. Oh, I didn't know that was coming up for you. That's awesome. Well, hopefully, as long as I can get, uh, you know, get some things squared away. But May thirty first is when I'm closing on the house, so. Yeah, so that's I mean, and and obviously you know if I bought it, I would share the information with you like I always do. But and right. you would share yours with me. But it, but it's, it's, the thing is that you know, even if we were splitting the cost, you know, sixty bucks is like, to me, it's it's it's, it's more the principle than the money. I mean, I, could I come up with the extra twenty bucks to pay for it? Yes, but do I think sixty dollars is the right price for this show? Not at all. Well, and the reason they're having to charge that much is quite simply the same reason why um, 
Impact has to charge as much as they do. They have it on traditional pay-per-views. You know, they don't have it in a, on a streaming service where it's a wide reach. So they have to charge more because they're going to be getting <laughs> less houses. Yeah, that, I guess that's I guess that's true. Although Impact has has come up with an interesting model to kind of offset that. That I, um, you know, we're we're basically now if you if you want to buy the Impact pay per views through the Impact Plus app, you get three free months. You get three three months free. So basically, instead of paying forty dollars per pay per view, you end up paying like sixteen bucks for a pay per view. Which is you know that's tolerable, and, and that's the kind of thing you want to see is you want to have the pay per view and then access to all the other stuff too. Right. You know, and if if um, AEW was smart, they would do something kind of like Impact. I mean, they've got partnerships with AAA. They've got partnerships with um, that OWE, and uh, you know, and other you know, they're they're forming partnerships with other wrestling organizations. So they they have the opportunity to team with those guys to get product on there, to get it on a streaming app. To at least give their, um, you know, the fans that are paying ten bucks a month, whatever, for the streaming service, then they at least have something they can watch. Absolutely, um, and, and plus, you know, they, they they have all these appearances that they're making at like indie shows. So why not give, why not throw a, throw a few bucks the way of those shows? Get, what then gives a little bit of exposure on their app, and then um, you know, and then you know they're. It's kind of the best of both worlds, where, where you know the organizations get a little bit of money, a little bit of exposure, and AEW is getting some content for their app. You know. All right, that was. It's starting to pick up, but I'm still not really bought into it. I think they spent way too long showboating in the beginning. And they did. Pulled... They, they spent way too long with their quote-unquote filling out process because they were quote-unquote too evenly matched up, and now. A match that probably should have been 18 minutes is going to end up going 25:30. A match that probably should have been 15 minutes and would have been great is now going to go 25:30 and be sub, and and I'm sucked out of it. Yeah. That that whole five minutes of feeling out and and showing how evenly matched they were just took <laughs> me completely out of the rest of this match. Which is sad because we've been talking this up all night long about how we're looking forward to this. This can be a good match and all that. Yeah, but I, we didn't know at the time they were going to try to make it into a main event match. You know, we, we thought it was going to be a mid-card show stealer, and instead they decided to put it on the main event, which, which you know, granted, you should always put the match that you think is, I mean, I mean I, for, I'm old school, so I always think a title match should be, should be the last match on the show, but if you're not going to do that, then it should be the best match on the card. In this case, I'm not sure that's the case. Not only a title match, it has to be the... <laughs> The main title that's being like if it's the heavyweight title that's got to go on last. In this instance, the, it should have been the tag title that went on last. Right. I mean, well, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I haven't had a problem with you know some of the recent Ring of Honor shows having the the tag team championships as being the main event. You know, because you know they're I don't mind tag team wrestling being promoted at the same level as um, heavyweight you know, as the singles championship, especially when Jay Lethal is your world champion. <laughs> I don't know. I just I think and, 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 you, and then you, and then the other matches have Jay Briscoe in the main event. You know what I mean? Right. And and that makes sense. I mean, especially Ring of Honor, they've really been pushing tag team wrestling ever since the Bucks came around. Right. But you know, so it's it's a little different there. But I like the way NJPW does it. It has to be 
it has to be uh, whoever the main the main event is always the world champion. Yeah, but unless not- unless you have that vote where um, where the fans voted Shinsuke Nakamura and Tanahashi on top of the card instead of Naito and Okada in what like 2014. Yeah, which was really stupid. Really stupid. They give them, even give them a choice was really stupid. But it kind of led into the Naito character, so you know. Yeah. I, I, I guess you know. Got to break got to break a few eggs to make an omelet, right? Oh, here we go. Are we gonna we're we gonna do a little standoff again? Are we gonna are we gonna sit in the middle of the ring and punch each other now? Yeah, because that's what cruiserweights definitely should do. Well, they're gonna lean against each other to stand up. As pendulums, no cult. They usually said they're as leaning posts. Maybe oh, not. Here we pendulums. go. Here we go. The middle of the ring slugfest for two cruiserweights. Yep, that's what we want to see out of cruiserweights. We really had become bitter assholes. Haven't we? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of weird because I mean, but I think part of it is that we're watching these old style matches, these old school style matches in Major League Wrestling, and loving it so much. We really, we really want our other other organizations to be doing that same kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, they've. I, I will say this: MLW has really. They've been able to separate their stars. Like there are different styles of wrestling between the uh, the middleweight and the and the heavyweight and the tag teams and the and the lightweights and everything. There's there's a different style of wrestling in each one of those matches. Yeah, I, I actually haven't seen it for a few weeks, and I need to get caught up on it. But I thought I heard that they're actually coming up with a new title later on this year too. Yeah, they are. Um, I can't. I didn't really hear what it was, but. And supposedly they had a they had a huge free agent signing announced too. Which I didn't they, see that much either. I think it's supposed to be next weekend actually. They announced it next weekend? No, they're they have a four man tournament. Oh, for the championship? For the new cha- for the new title? For the new championship, yeah. And it was supposed to be announced who they were gonna be, <coughs> I thought, this week and then, you know, the the title was gonna be crowned next week. Okay, cool. I'll have, to, I'll have to get caught up on it. Maybe, maybe I don't know. I'm, I'm three weeks behind. So. Yeah, maybe. I think I'm exactly three weeks behind also. So, yeah, I'll need to get caught up on those in the next few days, and maybe we can talk about it on, on Monday's show. Because the last one I watched was that right after Battle Riot when Callahan and uh, Mace Warner had their match. Yeah. That was the last one I saw. Yeah, that's, I'm pretty sure it's the last one I saw, too. Um. And I and I and I guarantee. I mean, I, I'll probably watch at least some of tomorrow night's show, but I guarantee I won't be watching the Saturday and, and Sunday shows for Ring of Honor and New Japan this coming weekend. I just I just won't have the time to. Yeah, I, right. I, I have more important family things to do than than watch than watch those shows. I just have more. I I have I, I I'm just busy. <laughs> just busy. Well, it looks like we have five minutes until we get completely kicked off for this thing. So. It looks like this this match is going again going way longer than it really should have, and now we've got a sleeper hold on the middle of the ring by Flip Gordon because he's known for being Buddhist the Barber Beefcake. Right. Yeah. This, and, that, and, that, um, that way, and that way he can cut the mask off of Bandito. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We are really being bit, I, we are really being a bitter fucks right now. I, I think we're just we're sick and we're tired. <laughs> we haven't done a three hour show in a very long time. We have not. And uh, the. I, I think you know. I, I, you know, earlier in the, earlier you said that this was kind of you know we were kind of not uh, doing a great job of following along with the show. But I, th- I think as it's gone on, 
probably because I got done eating, you know, that we've been uh, having a better discussion as it's been going on. And actually, you know, this actually has worked out fairly well. Well, we were, you know, we were trying to figure out how to do it. And we've been able to work in um, not only what's going on in the ring without, you know, selling it, but not overselling it um, with commentary on everything else. Absolutely. And, and, you know, and of course, you know, talking about, you know, comparing uh, and contrasting the styles of pro wrestling. Okay, so here we go with a top rope Spanish fly or flipping suplex, flipping, flipping power stem with which Flip Gordon will kick out. A, oh, no, I guess Bedito is too hurt to, to um, make the cover. And now Flip's going to kick out. So one, two, two. Oh. Is this going to end in three minutes? I don't know. But while but while we're waiting to see if it does, I'm just you know we you know the uh, stay t- make sure you stay tuned to the rest of the Lords of Pain radio shows. Um, tomorrow we have the Perfect Ten Wrestling podcast. On Friday we have the Right Side of the Pond. On Saturday, all about all elite wrestling. On uh, Sunday we have the Doc Says. Jeff and I bloody well hope we'll be back with you next Monday for a, another live edition of Kingdom of Honor. Let's try not to get sick this week. <laughs> yeah, let's not. Uh, I mean, let's try not to. Yes, I agree. Let's not get sick. Um, on on a, oh, I do have my I do have my uh, test on on Monday too. But oh, uh, okay. on a, I don't know if I told you about that or not. Um, and then on uh, Tuesday we have we're going to have uh, what do we have on Tuesday again, Jeff? God, I don't global, remember. The, the global revolution and one nation. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then Wednesday, and then Wednesday. So earlier today as well was uh, sports entertainment is dead. So. And I'll get the I'll get the link up. Um, you know, as soon as we really get one, uh, when you get the description, everything done, let me know. I'll get the link out. And uh, I, I'm still trying to edit things, get them on YouTube, so you can have an archive of our show. Still working on the Patreon account. I'm trying to figure out what kind of contact content we're going to have exclusive for that so justifies um you know the donations and you know working on a few other things so it, there's things in the hopper they're just taking longer to come uh, come to fruition simply because we have jobs um <laughs> and lives so, yeah. and and you know and families and and things like that so we're live um, oh there we go remember when that used to kick be a out. Finishing move? Oh, oh, kick out we should do an old school screaming at the top of our lungs about something great that just happened and leave it on a cliffhanger. Wow, he didn't kick out of a finisher. Amazing. What the hell just happened? Did this match end? This show ended at three hours exactly? Something like that. What are they? Are they the elite guys? Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't as impressed with that match as I probably should have been. Yeah. And I think it's time that we do it. We do an old school Tony Schiavone. We're out of time. <laughs> Seriously, folks, that's all we've got. We'll try to do better next time. And until Monday, this is Shane saying long days, pleasant nights. And Jeff saying goodbye. <laughs>